Yeah, we should do video. Yeah, should we? You yeah. want to do a show before we do the we'll video? Do, we'll do a show. Oh, okay. Thank goodness you got that. I drove all this way. Oh, by the way. Drove all this way. I came a different That's route such today. A bu- no, no. First off, I want to I, I hear about your routes, because routes are always excited to talk about when you're over 40. I know. It's such a shitty L.A. small 40, talk. No, no. It's just when you get older, the conversations that people talk about, you're like, we're going to go a half an hour about routes. So... But that's a very L.A. thing also is like, boy, you know, it's a, the day trip thing or, oh, it's going to take me forever to get there. Like, people don't say that in most other cities. They just go to wherever they're going. But well, here, yeah. we, make, we make a risk assessment on every trip because of how much time of my day am I going to waste aggravated in traffic. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. Now back to what you're talking about, uh, your new routes. Oh, I took a different, I mean, I, I, I would say we've done... This is our 167th show, let's say, which it is. Let's just we'll, say that. We'll but say we it because it is. Maybe if we had the internet, we could check that. But but probably 150 of them have been done at, in your basement. You know what I mean? Like, we started at the Herald. We moved here. We yeah. did a few at my house. We did yeah. a couple yeah. remotely. Yeah. But for the most part, they've been here. Yeah. So I've probably taken two different ways to get here every single time. I've come, and mm-hmm. today was a different, weird third way. And did you do that because Waze said it? Yeah. Or did you do it yeah, because I you just it. wanted to? I saw it, and I thought about trying to redirect it, and I go, you know what? I've never been this way. I'm going to go this way. I am in con- Here's the problem. I constantly argue with uh, those programs because <laughs> I feel like, no, you're wrong on this one. It Don't go this way. Because sometimes Waze will take you to a stop sign on the wrong side of the road, of a very busy street. And the problem um, I, I've always had with Waze is it's because it's user-based, right? So the user is plugging that in. And so they may have had a grand old time plugging that thing in, and then you're bone 10 seconds later because the world has changed Well, since they plugged in that that algorithm, right? Like Because that's how Waze works, right? It's it's based on user input. I would say for the most part... It, yeah, tech yes, talk, by the way. Everybody. A lot tech of it talk, is based on user input, but I would say for the most part, Waze or is... Or loser input. <laughs> I just did Waze that. Is that was made, what I did here. Waze is designed for aggressive drivers. Waze, <laughs> like, when, Does it say that up front? No. Oh, but okay. When people like you are like, I can't take a left in traffic and it's so much, I'm just like, you're laughable. Like, get out there and fucking make that left. Like... There's, 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 I'm just I saying. I have kids in my car. Right, exactly. So there's a bunch yeah, of people. so pe- use them. There's a bunch of people like you. In my like anger you. journey. There's a bunch of people like you driving around who ways is, that's not, ways isn't for you. Use Google Maps or No, you missed Apple my point. I said I'm better than Waze. Yeah, but that's completely untrue. I get in the car with you, you dude, and you're have like, you, Have you downloaded my app, Brian's Way? Both you, b- Brian's Way. <laughs> That that sounds like a like a real. It's a like, lifetime. That's like almost like a make a wish, like <laughs> Brian's way. Like, how do we get there? Brian's way, <laughs> slowly, wrong turns, <laughs> a lot of backtracking, <laughs> a lot of stopping at gas stations, asking for direct. <laughs> Brian's way. Do people still do that? All right. So, but anyway, so my point is, ways I I like ways. Yeah. So when people bash it, it kind of makes me laugh because that's usually the argument. It's like, and then they take me to this really busy street, and I gotta make a left, and I'm like, yeah, because people like you just make rights, dude. Just make rights. Go back a different. Take the main roads, like you know, because honestly, it'd be better if people 
more people stopped following ways because now you go through these neighborhoods. The little tiny streets, you're like, why are there 17 when people you go going up, this way? When you go up into the hills, I had to go look at this guy's house. When you go up into the hills, dude, those people up there are going insane. It's a, just a snake. It's just cars. Every road is just snakes of cars, and you can't get around it, and you can't get out of it. You're talking once about the you're people that live there. Are yes, dude. Frustrated. This one guy I asked, I go, we might have a truck here. It might uh, impede traffic. He goes, I don't care if you block all the traffic coming up here for hours at a time. He goes, I, he goes, then he just he went off on a Waze tangent, which I understand because now Waze is taking people through neighborhoods that never had traffic before. For a short period of time, wasn't there uh, people were going to plan on doing like some sort of law, a lawsuit? Yeah, against them I just for... don't know how that would. I mean, look, I'm obviously it's, not the a streets are you, you can go down streets. It's not illegal. That's the to problem. go down right streets. there. It's like you can't. That's like when people are like, you can't. You I can't had this, park there, and you're like, it's I had this an guy do that in Ventura. Spot. I parked in front of this dude's house next door to my buddy, and my buddy goes, "Hey, man." Could you move your car? It's in front of that guy's house. I go, what? That's the street. I'm not on his lawn. I'm not on the sidewalk. He goes, yeah, but he plays with his daughter in his front yard. I go, what are you talking about, dude? Move my car because he plays with his daughter in his front yard? If I drove like a car that had a big dick on the side of it or something, like it was like a, a porno scene airbrushed on a van, I'd just say maybe like, yeah, okay, I probably shouldn't park in front of a kid's yard, but... It's or a, anywhere, but it's continue. A, or anywhere. I wouldn't or even anywhere take the without car a car out. cover. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make it all right. I'm glad you have boundaries as to what Look, kind dude, of I will airbrush porn a, scene you would be driving around with and where. You'd be, at least be aware of the areas. I, I would say I would do like I would do black bars over nipples and stuff. Yeah, look, yeah. every once in a while, because of my neighborhood too, and the way these the the homes are in hilly areas, a lot of the driveways can be short. So yeah. every once in a while, if someone parks too long in front of your house, that like I, I get. have dogs and they never start barking, so then I have to close the. I get that. Lines. Nate actually, uh, my neighbor Nate and former guest Nate. He had a legitimate issue once when someone was like, well, I got nowhere to go with this uh, fifth wheel, and they parked a, a camper in front of his house for two months. Oh, no, no, no. And he was, after a while, he was like, yeah, dude, I don't need anybody camping out in front of my dude, house. Dude, yeah, that's, that's... And they were. Somebody was actually staying in it on top of it. Of course. That's the only reason it was parked there for yeah. so long, because someone was living in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's rough, and I understand the... I, I appreciate what they were doing, which is coming up somewhere like this, where they're sort of out of the city. No, they were a friend of the, across the street. And they just wanted to stay oh. in oh, L.A. I for a couple meant... months. And they thought, well, here, just park in front of my neighbor's house with your massive trailer and oh, live no. there. Oh, no. Come on. And he's like, or no. Oh, and so he could fun... talk to his neighbor about it. Yeah, but Nate was so nice. He let it go on for a really long time before he brought it up. Now, the only good thing about Nate's place is that the street is way below where his house is. So his like if he goes to go outside, you're actually looking over it. Like if you're at my house, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think so, dude. We don't need any like instant no uh, lawn neighbors. No, 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 you don't. That was like that was like a bit they did on Punk way back in the day. They An just parked lawn neighbor. Dax, yeah, Dax pulls up his trailer in front of somebody's house, like, hey, cuz, and then like starts camping there, and they're like, dude, you gotta go. Turns out it's people. I think do it was. That. I think it was Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey actually. So uh, I want to I want to bring in our. Um, our guest, because I think what I want to talk about, um, he can he can have some insight on. So why don't you bring in the guest? Looks like paperwork. And then it is. <laughs> I, 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 you can we, talk to us about paperwork. Well, I want him to start signing paperwork. I, I think it's important. I think that we all, all guests yes. from now on, we got a booklet of paperwork. Yes. Uh, hey, here's your start. Here's your start paperwork. Start paperwork. Am I getting paid? No. Yeah. It's like uh, you fill out those contracts from flappers that have no money. <laughs> Changing hands. It's one of my favorite things about Hollywood. Here's a couple pieces of paper I need you to sign, even though I've given you nothing in I'm return. I'm giving you nothing, and if you don't show up, you're banned. <laughs> uh, and also, um, 
the checks, the residual checks that come with zero zero point zero zero, and you're like, hey, could have just sent me an email saying got nothing for you. Those are or just direct deposits. Where of course every, it would cost more money to print the check and or a direct deposit actually costs more money than they're actually giving you. Yeah, At because the direct deposit hold, then hands you a thicker envelope. With they the should thing. just hold it until it actually is more than what it costs. It seems so silly, yes, but dude. It should be. When it's more than five dollars, that's logic. We're talking about logic right, right now. All right, let me bring in our guest. Our guest uh, today, a uh, very special guest. Uh, oh, very special! I, I had the. I, Is I, it like I, a different strokes? Very special episode. I mean, I met him. Pressure. Met him a while ago. Known his brother. <laughs> you better for be special. Pretty long time. Known his brother for a long time. Met him a while ago, and then worked with him on an undisclosed project that we probably are not going to talk about on the show but because it's never um, going to happen got or? him confused with somebody else and then realized yep. who he was and then was like oh shit uh comedian uh writer director actor everything slash slash special slash. pat moot everybody special pat moot oh guys? cancer survivor yes pat moot yes that's actually Probably should be the first. That probably one. should be the first <laughs> yeah. one. Although that's kind of the headliner. So it's like I do all this. Oh, and by the way, on top of all that, I survived cancer. Yeah, that's that's the that's the mic drop. Uh, walk away. Yeah, that's know? of all those things too. I'm probably best at surviving cancer. That's I'm the not one thing really you very good. So that's why you want to move stuff. it back mediocre, up top. Yeah, yeah, mediocre, kinda... everything else. <laughs> real good at beating cancer. So your resume, special skills, surviving cancer. Yeah. Okay, you know, and I mean, basketball. You know what? Or something like that. For, sure. for good free throws. First of all, not even basketball, just like free throws. Um, the special skills category is I'm always great at free throws. That was my game. I, I think you, you, you wanted to be at halftime at every basketball game to oh, win yeah. your hundred thousand yeah, dollar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I think every I think surviving cancer should be a special skill you can put on your resume out here. Or you anywhere. Put anything you want on a special skill do you category. Wanna, do you want to know what is hilarious? I've been like kind of looking around for different jobs and stuff like that. And when I first finished treatment, I was really quick to drop the C card. I would just be like, and I just survived cancer. I knew Pat Moot Cancer Survivor. How and are I, you? I was just going, <laughs> and I literally got all those jobs. And then I stopped saying it, and now I, and, and I stopped. It stopped. The response was just like, no, we're good. Another Ooh, like, why would you stop saying whatever. it then? Yeah, I, you, you know, should. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure because I'm saying it again now. It's and bad. you know what? You should. It's, here's it's the thing. I'm raging back. back. Here's the thing. If anybody's offended by the fact that you say that, they shouldn't be because if there's anything that you should be free to drop for the rest of your life and have it and have it be a part of your advantage, that would be in my category. That would be one of those things. I mean, that's like it, like me talking about winning, you know, a, a coach of the season trophy. Oh for yeah, coaching the, my the kids, mustache is that gone. lasts about twelve seconds, and I should shut up about that. No one cares. Well, yeah, your, is... your dinner parties aren't going to be like oh, <laughs> gather around, everyone. Brian was coach of the year. Regale yeah. us well, with your stories of triumph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. But they could say that about you, too. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah. your story would be far more interesting. Than yeah, mine. no, way yeah. more fascinating. Yeah. Way more fascinating. I mean, it is it is tough, though, because, um, like, you know, when I was going through it, I was really quick to kind of, like, say it. And you get to a point where you wonder, like, okay, I'm through it. Should I continue to tell people this? Or should I lead with this? Like, what is it? Because when I'm going through treatment, obviously, it's like, hi, my name is Patrick. I'm going through chemotherapy. Like, you know, you, you put it out there just because it's your reality. It's what's happening. But you move past it, and there was a period where I was like, when do I actually get this? When, when, when is it? Have I not said it enough? And anybody who's been through it, at least in my experience, it's almost harder emotionally not being a cancer survivor mm -hmm. at first. Like, the transition from, like, you know, cancer patient to cancer survivor was really, really tough. So it's been easier for me 
to drop start dropping the C card again. When you say the transition from having it to surviving it has been tough, what is what do you mean by that? I just mean that when I was going through you know, I mean, you guys, being in this industry, like, you have a million projects going on. You're focused on so many different things. You know, you're always spread thin. You're always doing as much as you possibly can. You get a diagnosis like that, and all of a sudden, your world becomes about one thing. One thing, yeah. It becomes about one thing. You're laser-focused on it. And it almost is like a breath of fresh air in terms of, like, being able to just put all of your energy Focus, into this yeah. one thing, you yeah. know? And everybody is around you like, yeah, like, you're, you're amazing. We're doing this one you're, thing and you're, you're kicking ass Don't at worry it. about anything else. You're an inspiration. You are a warrior. And meanwhile, I'm just, like, sitting around smoking weed, watching movies, doing exactly what I've been doing for, like, 15 years before that. Right. <laughs> it goes from being lazy right. to being, like, you know, a hero. That's and then you get out of it and all that stuff oh, that you were wow, kind of... Yeah, that kind of goes away, and it's basically like, hey, remember how we told you not to worry about your bills and your taxes and all that stuff? Okay, well, you're good now, so now you can worry yeah, about now that. Now you gotta okay. worry about it. Now it's even worse, and emotionally, you're kind of like in a weird place, because when you're going through it, you kind of compartmentalize all of your fears and your anxieties mm -hmm. and like just power through, like, I am a badass. I'm going to do this. This is my this is my destination, like, and that's where I'm going. None of the uh, I might be a fraud. I might not be good at this. I might not, none of that. None of that. In. All yeah. gone. Like I was everybody that I know, and it was almost offensive at times. They're like, "You're taking this so well." Like we thought like, you uh, would have First fallen. off, I'm really fucking high right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on all kinds of. Drugs. And I just like, watched the Notebook. So I'm great. Ah. <laughs> I just watched the Notebook it twice. Yeah, it was great. Of all your choices, um, but okay. But then you get out, and it is you. You finally have to unpack all of the emotional stuff, you know? Okay. And that's what has been the most difficult for me is like, you know, going from feeling like I'm a badass, like I can do anything to all of a sudden like I wake up crying. Like, I don't know why that happened. Like, yeah. what is going on? Do you think a part of that also is because it's you're finally releasing of everything yes. that you had had uh, contained? For yeah, it's like you almost froze everything like, I'm fine. I'm going to do this. Yes. Yeah. And then you kind of Gotta eventually get out. to breathe it in and like the reality of what you went through and everything that happened and can we take a step back just yeah. for a sec um how long ago did you receive a diagnosis and what was going on in your life at that time that made you believe something was wrong i was diagnosed uh may 20th of 2018 okay um leading up to that i had been being treated for hemorrhoids for okay. eight and a half years so basically for eight and a half years i was experiencing a fair amount of rectal bleeding. Okay. That was the symptom. People always ask what the symptoms are, and I'm like, I mean, yeah. how, how well, what far was, do you want what, to what, go? what cancer did you have? Colon cancer. Colon cancer. Okay, well, yes, rectal bleeding. Yeah, sure. exactly, yeah. So, but my Yikes. I'm over 50, so I already, I'm very aware. I've got my ARP card, and I've also been uh, taken under. Good. Yeah. Excellent. See, yeah. and that's kind of what I'm trying to support people doing, and why I'm so open. But you're open not close to 50, by the no, way. No, no, I was diagnosed at 34. I'm 36 now. History so. in the family, it turns out, in no. the end, or no? No. Nope. Interesting. Nope. So, thank God you were paying attention, though. Well, well. But this is kind okay. Of maybe you weren't. I mean, Turns out you were too high to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me like, tell everybody bleeds from their butt. No big deal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Come exactly. on. All right. So now <laughs> it's the it's the how the how you guys know what's up, right? You know what's up? It's how like, the business of medicine is really kind of fucked. Yeah. In this all right. Country. So I'm, all right. So now I'm out. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So basically. Um, it got to a point, eight and a half years, eight and it was half. like, it would come and go, and usually it would be like, you know, I'd wipe and I'd see some blood and be like, ooh, that's bad. And then, you know, he'd be like, hemorrhoids, don't worry about it, get them treated, you know, go some time. It was probably like 2016, 2017. 
it started to get worse. The bleeding. Yes. Now, when you said they said hemorrhoids, did you? I mean, because hemorrhoids are actually like a thing. Like, like you, you. Well, there's different kinds. There's inside and internal, outside, right? So yeah. you had to, you know, spread the cheeks and give it a but shot. But did they find yeah. it? So they. Yeah. So they it, didn't, it doesn't hurt. It sounds terrible, but it really. It's, but the question it's is though, did you actually also have some hemorrhoids that I, created you know, the confusion, or you don't know? I've never, you know, I've never really, I never saw what he was seeing. So he he was like, yes, there is hemorrhoids, and really, I. You never looked into your own butthole. No, no, I tried. <laughs> it's really difficult. I can smell it, but oh it's not. well. Well, that okay. I'm not uh, so you're very flexible, but yeah, you're, you just yeah. keep your eyes closed. But I just Got can't it? Okay. Get all the way over. God, this is gonna be a whole episode uh, about hold on, bottles. Hold on one sec. We have to do this every episode. Yeah. Uh, Dad, if you could just turn off this. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, Dad, you've already heard the part about John has somehow or another painted the side of his van <laughs> with a porn scene. So he's listening. He tells me every. Penis. He never brings up any when I ask him. Uh, just so you know, I want to get yeah, right yeah. to you real quick. I just want to say. My dad tells me he listens to every episode, and every episode I ask him to please not listen to it, he never references that part of that the he, show that, you that I've talked? said, what Dad, if, please turn this off. He what if he's like, oh, I only listen until you tell me to turn it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't listen And anymore. by then, it's too late. I mean, it's, 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 well. Yeah, I always <laughs> say it after the thing I don't want him to hear. But anyway, continue. Um, so it had started to get worse, and it wasn't just like, you know, I, I mean, the, there was stuff coming out of me every once in a while where I was like, that is concerning. Like oh, that, okay. that has me very concerned. It was more on the stool. There was like, you know, like, like almost like. I mean, this is getting. No, I no, don't no it's fine. You know what far. though? This stuff helps people. It, it really does. does. It Except does. for people that are hypochondriacs. It didn't look out. right. It it looked wrong. Yeah. And there was, and Even there was you knew. You knew. You've taken enough shits in your life to go. That is not a shit yeah. I've ever taken. Did you Google even shits? For shit, that's gross. I'm really good or bad depending on on being like an internet doctor. I don't do it. I don't you shouldn't, first Google off. my symptoms. I yeah. can't. No, it's... I didn't know if you googled poop. No, no, no. Okay. No, I did. Like a good poop. I have flipped through my camera and so I have some old pictures where I took pictures of. Oh, good. So you were documenting your poop journey. Okay. <laughs> oh my and I god. I to do dude. it and then I'd be flipping through like, oh I my can't god. Even. I am so sorry. Funny. I don't know. No, no, it's okay. See, it's okay. I was worried. That's the thing is I was worried, but I kept going back to this doctor and he was like, you know, it's fine. Like you know, and I started getting towards the end of 2017. I started getting constipated a lot. My stu- I was having stomach pains. I went into him. Th- I went into him three times in the beginning of 2018, and each time he told me that it was hemorrhoids. I had nothing to worry about, and to drink more water. That's what he kept telling me. Was were you stressed out water. during this time too? Did they ever think that stress may have something? To do? Were, you, were you doing it, anything in your life that was creating extra stress? And they thought, well, you're just stressed out uh, as well, or not yeah, really? I moved to Los Angeles and tried to get into. The that was it. Oh, okay, <laughs> done. Sure, sure, I'm done. always stressed. Just the regular stress that everybody feels. I don't yeah. know if there was anything extra I have going like on a, here. I have general anxiety and social anxiety and stuff like that too. So I've always just been kind of a ball of nervousness. So that was Comedy. never really it's part of the for you. I know. I know. Just get vulnerable on stage in front of a bunch of strangers every night. But that's everybody. Every comic's like, oh, that really good. It's uh, social situations. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why we all. That's because, you know what? The, what, what the way, best way to describe that, and we're going to jump a little bit around, sure. but the best way to describe that, what I've always understood with, with comics, especially what you're talking about, is the spotlight is almost like a curtain drops in front of you, and you're not with them. Yes. You're on the other side of them, and you're just doing your thing. Right. You're not being asked to be their friend, like their physical friends. Like there's no relationship, yeah. real it's, relationship. It's a safe space almost. Exactly. Because you're in charge of how yeah. this works now. Like, yeah. I, the variables have been eliminated because I have a microphone and you don't. Right. Yeah. But the minute you walk off stage, all of a sudden <laughs> they're like, dude, why are you being so weird right yeah. now, man? We were just having this thing together. And you're like, it's not the same. Yeah. Well, but they don't get that. But anyway, sorry, continue your journey. Um. Anyway, so I, I go... I go in um, to see him three times in the beginning of 2018, basically told me that it was just the same thing, drink more water. Um, I was still concerned, so I went back to my other doctor, 
they kind of, my general practitioner, he sent me to somebody, they put me through some weird tests and stuff like that, but I was just like, it's not working. Finally, he was like, well, did your other doctor tell you to get a colonoscopy? The one I had been seeing for the hemorrhoids, who's a gastroenterologist. Yeah. And I was like, no, he's never said that. And he was like, well, you need one, so I'm going to make you an appointment to get a colonoscopy. Your, your general practitioner. My general practitioner. The ones that usually end up saving everyone's I, lives. I know. The ones who actually seem like they care. I mean, the specialist, he didn't care. He would he would roll people in and out of that office. like bang. He was popping hemorrhoids like bang, 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 bang. It's like a video game. I, it, was, yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, dude, the, that's and fucked. So... I go in, I get the colonoscopy, I wake up from it, and already the doctor's like, we found nine polyps, we removed eight, but there was one that was far too large and you're going to need surgery. And I was like, okay, uh, my brother's on a radio show, so we were doing radio bits at the time. We had turned my whole, like, I can't, I can't go to the poop, bathroom situation into a big, like, radio bit where we were like, you know, Patty Poop Watch 2018, like, when was the last time you went? And, like, thought it was so funny. And so we're recording audio, and I have the audio of the doctor coming in and being like, we found nine polyps, and one of them's going to be need, need to be removed with surgery. Um, were you using that as a comedy bit at that point? We thought so. Oh, oh you even at this point, yeah. he didn't say... You have colon cancer. No, he, he just said, we are concerned. We are concerned about this. You're going to need surgery. We took a biopsy and we'll let you know. Oh, this, right. That's right. I did this, this already. Was, the biopsy comes Yeah, this was on a Thursday. So then on Monday, I am just driving around and I get a call and it's him. And I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, I was concerned, but I didn't know what I was. I still at this point really didn't think I could have colon cancer. It just didn't. It was just something like you got something your age, your everything. real yeah, annoying. Like, yeah, like, I just didn't know what it was, and so he calls, and he says, we got the biopsy back, you have cancer. And and that was a really surreal moment, and especially with, with colon cancer, especially, they cannot tell you what stage you are or how bad it is. They can do a CAT scan, tell you if it's spread, but they really can't tell you until they take it out. So in this no moment, shit. you're driving around? Yeah, I'm driving around. And, and So what did so you do? Did you have to pull over, or, I, you, or do you keep driving to kind of like... I pulled over and just kind of had a weird moment of like, just surreal, like, well, huh. You know, I did. I wasn't emotional. I wasn't overly, like, scared. I was just kind of like, so this well, is happening. Huh. Like that's... Well, and plus, he didn't say, you have cancer, turns out it's the worst... He didn't, sure, he didn't, he didn't go didn't... down a path. Now, of course, a human, did you have, did you... When people hear that, I'm just curious. Is there? Are you fighting the the the, the harshest of all realities? Whenever with the minute you hear that, is it, is it a battle inside your head of like, yeah. I'm going to die versus I'll work through this kind of thing? I or? mean, I just knew so little about it. I kind of just like my dad was in town at the time, and we have kind of an interesting relationship. But you know, I I'm glad that he was there, um, and he was staying with me for a couple days. My brother lived in town as well. I kind of just turned around and drove back home and had like a reflective moment of like, I mean, the only thing that made it okay was the doctor was like, look, I pretty much knew it was cancer when I saw it on Thursday, but I didn't want to ruin your weekend. So I waited until Monday to tell you. But, you <laughs> know what? I actually, that's I actually pretty cool. That's that. actually pretty cool. I would have gone he's crazy like, he's like, if you told me on We can't Thursday. do anything about Friday, it. I would have gone on a bender all weekend. We don't, like, we have a policy of not telling people on yeah, Thursdays. Right. It's like firing people. Yeah, do it on a do Friday. Do it on a Friday. <laughs> 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 tell them they have cancer on a Monday. That's how that works. Yeah. So, I didn't really know, and he didn't freak me out. He kind of, like, 
you know, downplayed my expectations. We still need to get a CAT scan. We need oh, okay. to do this and that. Like, you know, so just. Yeah, he's not in the business of scaring the shit out of people. He's like, he's trying to help people. He was like a cool dude, too. And I think he like liked me and my brother and knew we were doing radio bits and we're comedians. And so he was like, you know, kind of being bro with us. Wait, so, so he so thought he was like, on the radio at that time when he was giving you the <laughs> diagnosis? <laughs> it's cancer. A <laughs> horn. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have a slide whistle, doctor? Well, I just thought, because, you know, for your guys' bit, the slide whistle. Uh, we pulled out your colonoscopy. Woo! Um. <laughs> And uh, so I went home and this is, and I've talked to other people and they've said this is true, but for me, it's kind of like, I really care about other people and like, I hate the idea of disappointing them and making them feel bad. Like all of us here, <laughs> we don't, you know, we, yeah. we require your... We care about not making people feel bad, but then we feel like we're constantly making people feel bad. Totally. Okay, continue. So <laughs> it wasn't until I got home and I had to tell my brother and my dad that it really hit me. Okay. That I had to tell other people that like, I have cancer. And, and you think a part now, of that like, is because their reaction... Yeah, they were terrified, you know, and I couldn't answer any of their questions. And I had no answers, and I felt bad for scaring them, and I felt like I was disappointing people with this horrible diagnosis, and I, and I couldn't answer anything for them. Like, I, I really couldn't. Um, the bad doctor story continues, though, because I got <laughs> this diagnosis and called, you know, told my, my, my dad, told my brother. They called the rest of the, in, like, you know, close family. And my little brother flew down because I was getting a CAT scan later that week. So that Thursday, I got a CAT scan. Went in, got the CAT scan, got the result. Or no, no. My little brother flew in to go with me to get the CAT scan. So we go in to my gastroenterologist that I've been seeing for eight and a half years. He's got the diagnosis. He's got the papers. They're in his file now. Um, We go in. Me and my little brother. Now, why do you go back to him? Because you have to go through him? Because he was the only one that I knew, and I just didn't, oh. you know, like, I just. But he sucks I know. at his job. I didn't realize dude. how bad he sucked until, until he started I... shuffling papers in front of you. Went... Oh, there it is. So That's we... right. I forgot to tell you. We go in there, and he walks in, sees me and my little brother waiting in the, in the examination room. And he looks at my little brother and goes, huh, I knew you were weird, but not this weird. Huh, huh, huh. And goes over and sits down. And I'm like, okay. What? And I have the audio recorded of this, too. I recorded this because I was scared that I'd forget stuff. So I recorded all of it. And he literally sits down. And I'm like, uh, okay. Like, I'm a little, just me and my little brother kind of laugh about his joke. And like, and then I'm like, okay. And he kind of just sits there staring at us. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm just like a little nervous about what's going on from here. Like, can you just tell me a little bit about what, what we're going to do? And he's like, what we're going to do? We're treating your hemorrhoids. We've been doing it for years. Well, and I was just like, no, man. No, 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 no. You didn't look at the my notes. You didn't look at... You came in here empty-handed. Like, and he's like, oh, what a... And I'm like, no, the other... I you have, piece of And he's of like, shit. he's like, oh, right. Yeah, totally. Uh, oh, why don't right. You just, the other thing. Why don't you just tell me what the other doctor told me? What do you think we should do? I, like, what is this guy? He's like playing this a is game tw- hot and cold. Like this is 2018, right? This is 2018. Now, we all know that within the last five years... Everything not only comes through paperwork, but now you are connected on computers. On a computers, they can call up your stuff. You have allowed them to share everybody's information. His doctor was Chevy Chase and spies like us when yeah. he sits down. Oh wait, you What's were on KGB. Set? Fucking so you were on set. You were at went to a yeah yeah. <laughs> I was you were for you were on the Warner Brothers lot on the old ER set, and some guy just yes. walked in with a white jacket. It was a janitor on. who found the wardrobe. The I wardrobe. C- I put couldn't it on. even like. I couldn't even believe it. And so then I start to because I'm like, you talk to the other doctor, right? And he's like oh right 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 yeah yeah yeah, totally oh um my God. why don't you just uh tell me what he told you and me and my brother are sitting there just like oh my god get out and of i'm here. i feel buddy. bad for him for being so bad at his job that i'm like kind of making excuses for him and like and i get through the whole thing 
And he's like, okay, um, all right, well, uh, I guess the best thing to do, and, and this sounds a little drastic to patients, a little aggressive, but uh, we'll just take your whole colon out. And start suggesting that I have my entire colon removed. And we're just... That's, that's colostomy bag world, right? Like, you no longer... It would be a potential colostomy bag sh- short term. Um, but in general, they can do it without... I still had a part of my colon removed to remove right. the that, piece yeah. with the tumor. But you have four feet of colon. So it's like, I mean, that's a lot of colon removed. Yeah, and he's slow like, down, Captain. My little brother's like, well, what are the side effects of that? Why wouldn't everybody just do that? And he's like, well, there's no side effects at all. It's almost better. Well, except for the diarrhea issue. The diarrhea issue is, is like an issue. And we're... Bro, when I we mean, ask about side effects, dude, we mean all the side oh, effects. Yeah, and just God. so we're all clear... <laughs> dad, I apologize in advance, but you've probably had diarrhea, Dad. So my point is, if you have diarrhea all the time, back to the bloody butt because yeah. it's, it's constant. I mean, I might as well just keep the tumor. <laughs> sure, I, I like. I don't like going to like you know music festivals and stuff. But if I did it, I never could anymore. Yeah, I've to seen go, those go commercials the bathroom, like, that they have times in the yeah. porta potty. So it's, did you? I'm assuming. That was the last time you ever dealt with this yeah, person? We okay, walked okay. out of there, and my little brother was like, I mean, we walked out of there just minds blown. And my little brother was like, were you recording that? And I was like, I got First of off, it. hilarious. That's his first question. Yeah, were you recording that? Second question was, am I really that weird looking? He was, yeah. Third he, question he is, are you going to be okay? Yeah, what did, What do you mean by I knew you were weird? <laughs> what, what is that sort of offended <laughs> me the most? So fucking bizarre. Yeah, especially having said nothing. Yeah, and it's it. What, also, I, you're a doctor. Just be a doctor, I dude. I mean, I kind of get what he was trying comedy. to do there. There. But as we all talk about as comedians, people who are not comedians gotta be Don't real careful trying to out funny the funny. So anyway, that'd be like you trying to out doctor the doctor. You, you right? want to know which why? Which you did. Which he you did. did. He you did. did. I liked this doctor because the first time I went to see him, I was really nervous, and he's like, "Okay, roll over," and they do the procedure where they kind of spread and like put the thing, and he spread and knocked something over, and it hit the ground and bounced, and he's like, "Whoa, you got a lot of stuff in there." And I was okay, like, "That's that, pretty." That funny. wasn't bad. That's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. But I gave him too long. Cool. Of leash. Eight he years of misdiagnosis <laughs> is probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah. He was a comedy. Straight off, yeah. really, there. All right, so he's a real Patch Adams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> Turn back, he's got a... Fuck that guy. Oh, my God, could you imagine? Asshole. Yeah, he was the worst. So the other thing my brother said was, you're never seeing that doctor again. Yeah, yeah. good for your brother. And in reality, it was probably... You know, obviously, it's his fault. I tried to get a malpractice suit going. Those are, like, impossible. Yeah. The oh, cap yeah. on pain and suffering in California is $250,000. Yeah. And they're like, it's almost not worth it to try most of these because $250,000 only covers your medical costs. Yeah. To which I was also like, take all the money. I don't care. I just want to throw this dude under the bus. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, at I least don't... people need to know. Yeah. That's that more than anything else. What yeah. an ass. So like, Yelp refused, right? Yeah, yeah. I gave him a very... One star. He almost killed me. Um... <laughs> They asked me for a bill once too, like two years, like a year and a half later, like they hit me up asking for a bill for like $130 for the oh. appointments where he was misdiagnosing me. And I went off on the lady in his billing department. She was like, Yeah, we can definitely uh, have that one wiped yeah, clean. Yeah, it's gone. Like, That's fine. I I, like, can right. I tell you something? And people should know this. So, my, my first son, or second son when he was born, he was in the NICU for a real long time. And, and, and there were some clerical mistakes that were made, but like, you know, for the most part, they're just going to keep billing you and pay. Sure. What I have learned, and this is not just for that, but for other things, if you, dre- you genuinely can't go through law, go through an insurance company because you get the right person. Yeah. They will be, they will attack because they give them so much money, right? Sure. And they're like, no, like you, they're, they're, you can find the right bulldog. The insurance companies will tear people apart. I mean, I've been so I've been making a documentary about this whole experience since the very beginning. We have uh, like a five minute teaser that we're finished with, um, and it's it's really what it's become about is trying to 
alert people to not only the idea that, that colon cancer is on the rise in younger people. So take your symptoms seriously and mm-hmm. here's some of the symptoms, trying to also make it easier for people to get colonoscopies, but also, you know, trying to find ways to start these conversations that like, obviously like, you know, we're having fun sitting here talking about this whole situation. And that's yeah. what I'm always trying to push is like, look, there are terrible cancer stories. Mine is not one. Mine is a good story. And even though this doctor misdiagnosed me for eight years, I then found the right doctor. I got the right treatment. And now I'm still here to kind of like talk about it and share it and let people know that like you don't have to shut down every time somebody mentions cancer. You yeah. Know? yeah. And you, by the way, you're the second. Pre- like I have a, uh, a previous guest, but one of my best friends, Jeff Cooper, uh, um, our, we had a shared doctor and she was just like just early symptoms. She was like, yeah, you know what? Just to be safe. Go get a colonoscopy. They found cancer. They cut it out. He's healthy. He's back in his life. He's rocking and rolling. So the answer is, yeah, just yeah. do it. And the funny thing is, um, for me, just so you know, and I want to get you back to the story, but like I am a little bit of a hypochondriac, so I tried to get in early on one with zero symptoms, and it was probably one of the worst conversations. She was like, fine, I'll schedule the appointment with them. And I went in, and finally the guy's like, look, man, there's no symptoms here. You don't need to do this. No one... It's right now, just wait, wait your turn, and you know when it's serious, absolutely. And I, I was like, yeah, but he's like, please, you, you, you got to go. Yeah, you gotta, I'll go. Yeah, you're taking it too far, but but there's there's a happy medium in there somewhere. Well, there should be, and I think you know, family history should always be kind of a precursor, but not necessarily one because no, I, you know, we're a generation, you know, uh, of people who've kind of like been putting processed foods into our bodies since the day we were born, like sugars and like I mean it's not like people grew up on crap you could cook in a microwave like you know it wasn't like you know they were out like picking hot digging hot pockets out of the ground and like you know picking bagel bites my grandfather had a hot pocket farm (laughs) like (laughs) it's not they're not it's not like harvesting season for any of those things so it's it's unrealistic to think that the same norms that applied to the generations that came before should be applied to generations now that said a colonoscopy is kind of a big procedure so much so, I know why some insurance companies fight against approving it for people. Interesting. I like the guy that did my colonoscopy. I think he's great. You're I dating like now. The surgery center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're great. He saved my life. We're I having dinner I tonight. I can't quit him. <laughs> Just sit outside his house at night. Have you actually seen him face to face? Yes. I did never saw my guy. The guy. Oh, really? Yeah. What they did, rolled. Wow. They rolled. You the do over it through a sheet. You like that? No. <laughs> really I, religious. I, I met with the uh, the assistant for to, to, for pre-op. Huh. And when he came in, I was already rolled over on my side. I just heard a voice, and when he when I woke up, Goodbye. I was leaving. Was and it he, a gentle voice? Yeah. yeah. Hello. Hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. We're gonna do this. And I really Brian's wanted to turn. Around. I'm like, should, we should probably at least make eye contact <laughs> once. Just, no. But you, just but that would be you looking over your show, like I, I know everything I, about I, it would have been wrong. I, but still, <laughs> like, why why couldn't he just walk around the other side and just give like know. you know that That's, comforting like talk to yeah, me like sure. a little child? Hi. It's gonna be fine. Hi. Good question. He's like, shh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. <laughs> finger to the lips. This is the finger I'm gonna use. Right, this is the finger I'm gonna use. All right. So, so you're back to your guy. Um, and uh, so he, I got the bill for my colonoscopy, and not this is obviously not what I paid. I paid, you know, up front. Like I paid at the end of it about twelve hundred dollars, and then my insurance paid, you know, the the remainder of what they would pay. Uh, the bill that that the surgery center billed to my insurance was sixty seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars for a colonoscopy. Yeah, for a colonoscopy, sixty seven thousand dollars. Sixty seven thousand dollars. Now, just so you know, they that, that's the th- people they, they don't pay that. No, what they pay insurance they companies know, pay a portion of it. Yes. They that's the that's the full bill, which is ridiculous. Which is why, if you know, you're not getting that. Sure. Why Stop are you doing putting that? it on a piece of paper and, and sending it out. And going back to the other, it's one of the things that um, you may or may not have touched on earlier. It's like, imagine if you didn't have insurance and you still needed to do that. 
they would charge you yeah, 60, the full $67,000, and, and that's would, on you non-negotiable. Yes, and they would negotiate, at, at a certain point, they would negotiate it to, they will take as much from you as you will be willing to possibly pay or have in your ability to pay, like, liquidated assets and things like that. I mean, it's, that's part of the problem, too, is when people ask, like, well, how do we solve the insurance, you know, issue? It's like, look... I, I, I don't care if you like your doctor or whatever you want out of it. This system is broken. It's based on arbitrary numbers. It's all fake. Yeah. None of it's real. It's basically like that surgery center knew that my insurance in particular would only pay 10%, so they charged 10 times what it costs to get what they to wanted. To get the 10% that they wanted. I, like, okay, that's fine. But now that, you know, you walk into any place that's going to do a procedure and they can't even tell you what it's going to cost because yeah. they don't know who your insurance is. They don't know where you're you know, living where you're located. I mean, there's so many factors, and it's like this computer, I can't remember what they called it, but they were like, well, then we put it in to the master computer data calculator. Oh, God, and like, I think they were just make, they were making that part up. Sounds like it's a Jetsons cartoon. I know, I they know. Made, they were making stuff up just, with them. In the future, computers will be five city blocks long. Where it's like, I don't know what the answer to any of this stuff is, but I do know that the system we have doesn't work. Well, I think the most important thing is all that bullshit aside, right? All this, the the other part of the bullshit, which is after you get a diagnosis, doctors, uh, insurance, that sh- should not stop you from doing what you got to do. Yes. You've got to fight through that stuff. Because well, I think what you would agree with is at the end of the day, all the bullshit aside, if you stay diligent with it, you you will you will you will get through on the other it's, other end one way or another. But it, you you may just take a little more it's, effort it's on your part. And it's something that's been said a lot. And like I think there's a lot of cliches that fall into this like area. But you have to be your own advocate. Like yeah. no one is going to, um, no one's going to kind of look out for your health, especially not the systems that are there. Doctors like I love that people are like, well, I don't want you know universal health care or whatever or you know like more. Uh, accessible healthcare for everybody because it might affect my ability to go to my doctors. I have to tell people when they say that, your doctors don't care about you. They can't really. They're spread like, you look at doctors, you go into a doctor, they're supposed to tell you how to be healthy. They're like, I am a doctor, I spent 10 years in school, and then, you know, a resident, and I know everything about health. And you look at these people and they're like, really unhealthy looking. Like most doctors that I saw, they're like bright and puffy. They look like they're going to explode. They're telling me I need to do this and that. It's like, you look like you're going to die any minute. Yeah. They're working until they're like in their 90s. The system that's, uh, seriously, like how many doctors you have that are like a billion years old? It's like, you know, like, I mean, when you started this, they were bloodletting. Like, let's move on. I don't want, leeches is not a viable cure for anything anymore. No, no. (coughs) So it's it's tough. It's a tough system because a lot of times, like I have doctors I like that said, all of those doctors have disappointed me so many times where I go in and they're like, all right, so when was your last colonoscopy? It's like, I'm here to schedule my colonoscopy. And they're like, oh, okay, well, then let's schedule you a colonoscopy. Yeah. It's like, I go, I, I, as a bartender, I would show up more prepared for my job than some of these doctors do sometimes. They just walk in the room and start spitballing. Yeah. But they don't have time to really care because no, they a, have facility fees. They have their own insurance that they have to pay. It's not a system that's built on quality of care anymore. It's quantity. It's how many people can you get in and out. But I would also say that let's say it was better. Mm-hmm. It's still on you. It has yes. to always be on you. You 100%. cannot live your life assuming that someone else is spending as much time worrying about you sure. as you. It's that simple. Well, only new, only you, and also only you know your body really. So, like when something's not right, when something doesn't feel right, when you're used to feeling a certain way, and all of a sudden. You wake up and like, well, that doesn't feel right. You should listen to that. 
and yeah, I exactly <laughs> I, again. That's the thing, and you make you have to make choices, right? You yes. know, and you have to be, and you do really have to. Like, it was not easy for me to get a colonoscopy. I did some other test first, where for two and a half hours I drank this weird liquid and burped into a bag. Okay, and they were like, "This, th- th- let's try this before we just do the obvious." When, when did they reveal that it was a hidden camera? Because <laughs> <laughs> that does not like, stop. And now you're in the fraternity, and yeah. that's why we don't Google things it's, on the internet yeah. for medical solutions. It's, it's a long form prank. They're going to be like, "You never actually had cancer." Oh my Can I ask you a question? Like, we just took out your colon. Here's part of your colon back. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yeah. In hindsight, when you look back on the eight and a half years leading up to it. Do you wish that you had gotten a second opinion at one point? Do you think yes. that you should have planted that into your head of like, you know, should I be counting on just one person's voice? No, I 100%. And, and the, pro- the hard part about it was like, it, I'm a hypochondriac as well. So I've always thought everything was cancer right. um, or something that was going to kill me. You know, right. um, So the act of going to the doctor for something that was scaring me so bad, like I when it was starting to get bad, I'd like, you know, I'd come out of the bathroom like rattled, (laughs) like looking like I just got back from Nam, just like, whoa, like, oh, my God, like I'm terrified of my body. I don't know what's going on. I'm really scared of it. So to get that kind of courage to go to the doctor took a lot. It took a lot. Just that alone. Just to make the appointment and to go in there and you're just like all day, like all week you're looking, you're looking towards that. Just like, oh my God, here we go. Like, I know it's going to be the worst news ever. And then you get in there, they take a look, they're wearing their doctor stuff. They look professional and they're like, nope, you're good. You're like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. You got got your answer. Run, run. Get out of there. Don't ask any more questions. Thank you, doctor. I'm gone. I did my part. But in reality, you know, I knew that it, whatever he was doing wasn't working because, you know, I was still, my butt was bleeding. Well, yeah, eight and a half years of hemorrhoids, yeah. it's just like, is that a thing? Right, and maybe like, we should I try a, Am a I a new, terminal hemorrhoidal person? Can like, we try a new treatment, perhaps? Because I'm still, you know, I'm still, my butt's still bleeding, man. Like, I mean, I, I see that you're doing what you're doing, but it's yeah. like, you know, if somebody's like, hey, my sink is leaky, and, you know, they come over and they're like, yeah, the bathtub yeah. works great. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah, now it's about this leaky sink. Yeah, about the sink, though. So, so when you got the procedure, I think you did you you said that you ended up. Not everybody has to go through chemo, but your specific yeah. instance, you did, did. And what does that actually mean? Because there's different forms of chemo, correct? So, um, I yes, think? yeah, okay. yeah. There's different chemo for different cancers. Even different cancers have different chemos oh, within, okay. you know, small and how subsects. it's treated. Yeah, and how yeah. it's treated, how it's administered. Okay. Um, so there's that. Your oncologist basically is. That's what they do. They put together a plan of how to kind of attack. The cancer. So for you, the, with all cancers, they have stages. So what yes. did they find in you, and and how much did they take out of you? See, so they took out four feet of yours. They, no, they took out. There's about only a third. four feet. Of There's oh, oh, four sorry, feet sorry. of colon. They took out the bottom third, which is a sigmoid colon. That's where the cancer was. Okay. Um, that was probably about a foot. Okay. Something like that. Foot, foot and a half, maybe. And, and like feel that. lighter. Yeah, and my poops are skinnier too. It's weird. Do you? Do, so would you? <laughs> see, back to back to the poops. Skinnier. <laughs> Um, and so when you, so at what point do you start thinking about the stages? Like when, so, cause I'm assuming you're, you're, you're waiting for that information. You want yeah, to know that information. You do right? want to know that. And information. you don't want to know that information. It's the part that you're like really <laughs> terrified about. So with, with all cancers stage, basically stage one is like, you know, very kind of minimal. Like we see the growth of cancer happening stage two. And then there's like stage one, a stage two B. I'm oh, wow. not there's the a best, lot. there's like, a lot, but there is a lot. There is oh, okay. stage two basically means you have like a fully growing tumor, but it has not spread. Okay. It hasn't moved outside of the actual tumor or the growth. Um, 
stage three is it has moved out of the growth. And it's it is, going elsewhere. It is going elsewhere. Stage four means it has gone elsewhere and now is growing in another place. Oh, okay. Um, stage five. Stage five, because at some point it gets in your glands. It gets the in your glands blood. spreads yeah. everywhere, So right? basically, yeah. I was stage three. Okay. They couldn't tell me with this particular type of cancer, they can't tell you until they take it out. Unless they can see, unless it's like stage, like you know, deep stage three or stage four, where it's moved on to other places. Okay. Um, and so it the, wasn't that they they thought they saw some stuff, but they didn't really know. So the only way to tell was to pull it out. It had spread to the nearest lymph node, just one, one. and that's stage three. That, so okay, so how long is this process from finding out that you actually have cancer to getting that answer? It too too long. It took a while. So I was diagnosed on May twentieth. I got surgery on July 11th of that year. They didn't tell me until three days. I was on my last day in the hospital, so it was after surgery. They go and they tell me, and then they came in. And we actually have that on, on tape, too. And it's incredible to see the reaction from my mom. She When the doctor comes in, because I was like, let's go! Everybody was, like, nervous about it, and I was like, where's the doctor? Like, I need to know what stage cancer I have. Like, yeah. So he came in and started kind of just, like, you know, small talk, and I was like, okay, well, what's up with, Oh, my you know, God, who's small talking yeah, after yeah, three yeah. days? I know, I was, I know. It's pretty nice I was out, like, huh? Like, I was like, okay, so you, you talk to the, the lab, like, what's, what's up? And he goes, okay, well, it has, your cancer has moved to the nearest lymph node. You have stage three um, the doctor, the oncologist is going to recommend that you take chemotherapy. Um, once it's in the lymph node, it can be in your blood. And once it's in your blood, it's a problem. It's a problem because they can't tell you where it where is. Where it's or going. Where, or where it's and going. Where it's landing. Exactly. It's microscopic. It's tiny. It's just, it's just floating around. You know, you got little pirates in there just ripping around like, you know, and you, you got to get, you got to get pirates out. So, so because I'm young, because so that was that was July 11th, basically to the 14th is is around the time that I got that diagnosis. Did about six weeks of recovery, and then I started chemotherapy on um, September 11th, 2018. Because I figured, fuck that day, anyways. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, anniversary of all things. Shitty. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened on a September 11th. You know, I could. I can get past this. Like, you know, it's sure. not. You know, it was a day that was wasn't really about me either. You know what I mean? So it seemed like. Because they were like, September 12th or 11th. I was like, let's not ruin the 12th. Let's just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? There's one that's already <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, so so that's when that started. And I, because I'm young and because they can treat it aggressively, I did six months. So I did 12 rounds. I did all 12 rounds. God damn. So, which, yeah, I didn't get... I got to, to round 11 and, the, and I was like, man, the neuropathy is getting crazy. I can't feel anything in my hands or feet. Like, I'm sick all the time. Like, this sucks. And they were like, yeah, most people only make it to round eight. I was like, what? When you Tell say make that. it, what, was, do you, what do you mean make it? It just starts it to wears take, down. It and wears down. They have to stop giving it to yeah, you. Okay, they got basically, it. based on your, um, I still have no feeling in my feet right now. Um, and a little bit in my hands. When, so how long has it been since you stopped? I f my last treatment was on February 14th. Because okay. fuck that day also. Um, uh, <laughs> so you get, make some great choices. Yeah, okay. yeah, 2019. So that was just, I mean, now we're. A few months ago. Yeah, I that mean, wasn't. Jesus. Yeah. yeah it was, and it what was do they tell year. you about? Uh, feeling and stuff may like never, that. May never come back. Okay. I mean, well, it, look, it, it's not the end. It's a side effect I can handle. It's yeah. not that bad. It's funny, actually, sometimes. I thought one of my feet was swelling, and I was freaking out. Like, I was just post-chemo like treatment, and I was really nervous and just anxious about everything. And I thought my foot was swollen for, like, 
three days and was like freaking out and like called my doctor and was waiting for the doctor to call me back. And I was like, what is going on? And then I like took my shoe off and there was a pair of socks balled up in the toe of them, but I couldn't feel you that there know. was socks. So I just thought my hilarious. foot was huge. I was like, my foot's huge. Like it's so big. And oh then I take it off God. and I change shoes and I'd be like, okay, it's back to normal. And then put it, you know, that's no, funny. <laughs> put it back on for like that's three funny. days. Just like really so funny. scared. Well, you know, like, listen, you, 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 oh you, you, you get a lot going on. Yeah, sure. It's totally. I, I was, I was, uh, so when, so keep, for, so for you, what, what, when you say you got Kibo, what take us through what that actually means? So my treatments were every other week. It was every other Tuesday. Um, it was basically I would go in. There was three different five um, fu is basically the the combination of what they call the combination of the treatments. But it was oxaliplatin. Uh, man, what are, some and then this is like some sort of cocktail that they yes, give the body. The chemical, so it's intravenous. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I had a port. You can actually. Oh yeah, there yeah, it is. Right in your jar. Huh? I just okay. had it taken out. Um, they put, and that stayed there the whole time yeah, through the whole and thing. That right? was like I didn't know what was going on. The, the oncologist was like, "We're gonna put in a catheter," and I thought they were gonna put. I thought they were gonna put the chemo in through my penis. And yeah, I was like, my right. my buddy Nick was there. Um, Shooting this, me with the doctor, and he's like, "It's so funny when you think all of a sudden they're gonna put something in your penis." That's when you draw the line. Yes, I was okay with everything else, but then he's like, "We'll put your catheter," and I was like, "Can we do it a different way? Like, what are the side effects of not?" (laughs) And then he started to explain to it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, not through the penis, not through the penis." I was that was not leave my penis. Catheter just means tube. I only asked that question because Nick wanted to know. I was told whatever you guys. Of course, I know what it is. Yeah. So, but still, that part was crazy. They put a piece of plastic, like a little dish, under your skin that has silicone on top and then a tube that comes out of it they hook the tube up into an artery and they push it all the way down into your heart so I'm a, but that's like a little that's a surgery yes they have to put you under for it like it's a whole thing so i and i didn't realize that really when i went in and then the doctor explained it to me and he kept telling me like yeah we just put this little tube in no big deal and then if it comes loose well, like we just go in through an artery in your yeah. groin and pull it out no big deal i was like this sounds like a huge deal well they they <laughs> do make that like and I'm not, like, I feel like a, a pussy because I had cancer too, but it wasn't this kind of cancer, you know? I, but but they did a they did one for me. They tried to do one of those ports, but they did it through my arm. Yeah, through my arm, and then they just kind of worked it up. Yeah. And then they had the bandage over it because I was afraid of needles when I first went in. And then they said, they then they were like, ooh, something's wrong. And then they pulled it out, and there was a clot at the end. Ish, and they were yeah. like, yeah, if we would have blown that out, it would have gone into your heart. And then they blew it out in front of me, uh, and it like splattered on me and my oh, dad. Good. Uh, my dad oh. was my dad was standing there, and he goes, "I'm gonna wait outside." <laughs> well, first off, why the bedside manner? I have two. I have like, two questions. When you say that they were wiggling it through, like you know when 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 the string yes, on your sweatpants, yes, 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 trying to get it yes. back through, is that what it was like? Yes. yes. And two, why are they doing hot. silly straws at you guys to blow out <laughs> it was stuff hot. inside your butt? Who looks at somebody and goes, now watch, see? Yeah. yeah. They well, no, she pushed it through with the, with the, syringe. Um, the air. The but air in the syringe. You. Well, she was holding, I don't think she, she was holding it up and it just went, and we were like, oh, I've, <laughs> I've had doctor, I've had like nurses like Miss Savane or something and like <clears throat> not put the thing on, like squirt blood across the room and be like, whoopsies, whoop, whoop, you know? Yeah, but whoop. that thing in there, was that hot? Was it, did it, was it? It was, it, like, you could totally see it through my skin. You could. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and bulging out? The tube, yeah, it, was, <clears throat> it just looked like a little circle was under my skin. It was funny because after I, I had it in, I only got it taken out a couple weeks ago just because they wanted me to keep it just in case. I was still waiting for follow-up stuff and, like, um, 
And so I, but I'd be like, you know, I, I was getting in good shape after I finished chemotherapy because I got fat during cancer, which pissed me off. So you were bad. smoking weed, you said, right? Oh, so, tons. Yeah. But then, I, yeah, I was like, when, what, and then also you're going to be like, what, not have chocolate cake and I shit? Mean, like, my doctor like, I was like, what should I, I be eating? I have cancer. Yeah. I'm going to have some M&Ms, motherfuckers. Like, they're like, that's great, sir. What else would you like for yeah, dinner tonight yeah, at this public like, place? Whatever you want. Candy or... salad. I want a big yeah. candy salad. There's um, no M&M's at the salad bar. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. I need where's, some M&M's to sprinkle uh, on where's this. Where's the sour straws? <laughs> I need to drink this soda. <laughs> Honestly, though, you got you eat whatever the fuck you. Yeah, want. I mean that's what my doctor said too. He's like, if you're hungry, eat, man. And and it was like, I mean, so so the port like that finally came out. Um, but that so basically, here's how my treatments would go. I'd show up. Um, I did it at Huntington Hospital in Pasadena because that's where my gastroenterologist was, and I really liked him, and he did killer surgery. Killer surgery. I look perfect scars. Um, <laughs> and uh, I would go in there in the morning. I would have about anywhere from four to six hours of treatment while I was there. That would be two of the three chemicals that I was getting or combinations of chemotherapy that I was getting. And then, they, and this was the worst part, they would hook me up to a portable pump that I'd carry around in a fanny pack, and I'd have to wear that for 48 hours. So I'd have this, like, this Be- IV plugged into my chest with a big bandage over it and a tube coming out that hooked to a little pump in a fanny pack. And the pump made noise all night. I couldn't shower. I had to wear this thing. It just made you constantly sick. Ugh. Um, so, but they were like, you know, it's a better, it's an easier way for your body to take this. So basically, it would just drip into, into that port into my heart for 48 hours and, like... And at the Ooh, end of the day, as it was like three-day treatment. It sucked. Good and it God. does suck, but at the end of the day, going back to that whole thing of like the the finish line, yeah, it works. It works, you know, and that's, I say this and my mom hates it, but it's like it's true when people are like, you know, about asking about this, asking about the experience. And one of the things I can always say is like, I'm still here, you know, like, yeah, it sucked. It wasn't great. Like, there were parts of it that were that were terrible, but there were also parts of it that like very much made me realize like, you know, you tell me that, and this is the same with everybody, I think, and this is, I think, a lesson that everybody should take out of life, is, like, we don't give ourselves enough credit for what we're capable of. We're capable of some pretty incredible shit. Yeah. Um, and there's a strength in us that's, like, incredible. Like, I was a hypochondriac. I would be freaked out about everything. My mom, when she heard about this, she was like, Patrick's going to fall apart. She was like, I mean, I've interviewed her before for a documentary, and she's like, I thought you were done. Like, I thought that you would just do something scary to your like you know like just go like pats in mexico you know he just like (laughs) quit treatment and just went to mexico but there there was something that happened where it was just this switch where it was like i can't let this beat me for so many reasons for my own health i'm i don't want to die like i want to continue to live i still have stuff to do with my life and all the people around me who care about me like i did so much of what i did for them like not wanting to let them down and and it was like there. I say it's you know like at times it was like people would come over and visit me and they'd be like, "Oh my god, you look great! Like you look huh. so good! Oh my god, you look incredible! Huh. Wow, you look great!" I'd be like, "All right, enough, enough, okay? I get it. You thought I mean, that, I do, but uh, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I get it. You thought, you thought that thought this I was going to be an emaciated corpse. Yeah. yeah, you thought that this would beat me, but yeah. it didn't. And in fact, it did something else entirely, where it like made me want to share the experience, made me want to do something with it that was like, I mean, my like. Optimism can be annoying at times. My positivity can be annoying at times. In general, just because I'm like, you know, let's go, let's have fun, let's do life. But in this in this particular instance, like it, it was very much like something that I felt like I have to make a positive out of this. Were you a positive guy before? Like, were you? Yeah. A, yeah. 
So yeah, I'm like this, a morning person. I'm obnoxious. You're, I'm a, you're, you're a positive hypochondriac. Yes. Okay. No, but I mean yes. that's. I mean that also. I think uh, plays into your surviving this and your sure. your ability to to come through it is already having that attitude of mm-hmm. like. It's why now I'm doing stand. We've we've Huck and I have talked about this, but I'm doing stand up um, again, and I'm doing a lot of like cancer related stuff. Which, by the way, is not easy with an audience no. when you first bring it up, correct? God, no. It's tough. It's, it's like bringing up Trump, Jesus, cancer. There's like certain well, things that like... Can I... Can I you're, it's people. People get a little bit... Yeah, they, they tense up. Can I tell you, I used to have a joke that I don't know how well it would play now. And again, this is a joke, prefacing. I used to, st- I used to say, make fun of my hair. And I would say, I didn't know... I found out that the wispy chemo look was out. And then I would say, look, before everyone gets all uptight... Uh, I just want to let everyone know I'm I I had cancer. I'm a I'm a cancer survivor. I had cancer, and I think if you've ever had the disease or you have the disease, you can make fun of the disease. Yeah, it's the same thing as a black guy calling another Jewish guy a faggot. <laughs> Is that how the joke went? And then I go, or at least that's what I saw happen in traffic, and I certainly wasn't getting out of my car to say anything. Well, I, again, <laughs> I just think that audiences can be. I there's also the other thing when you say. I'm a can- I have I have or had cancer. People also go, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And so there's this emotion dip for a second. Did they you experience wanna... that when you first started it? Totally, totally. And I've had to kind of like turn the experience now to be like, you know, uh, talking about it in a way where it's like, you know, I have a story about a show that I did in Atlanta recently, and it was the first time I got up in a big show and like done this cancer stuff, and like. They were not on board at all. They were like halfway through the Wait, set. They were ang- they were mad at you for having cancer. They just know. well, yeah, they were like, boo, boo, with your <laughs> dirty butt, get here, out of here. Here's the que- here's the question though: Do you find some people don't? The, do you ever get asked afterwards? Did you hey? Did you really have cancer? Uh, there honestly, there are people who yes, like isn't that insane? Like you would crazy. go up on stage and go, yeah, everybody, here's some bits about colon cancer, and then at the end go, nah, I never had just it. I just I, that's how I write. Yeah, I'm sure there was one guy. That's that how did I write. That. I bet there's probably I've one. I've been smoking a bunch of cigarettes to try and get it. So dude, it, these are going to be relevant. Fucking at some crazy. Point. Dude. <laughs> So yes. anyway, so you're yeah. in Atlanta. And you're... Oh yeah, and so I get off stage, and like halfway through the set, I'm just talking about how sweaty I am, which is a telltale sign that the set's not going oh, well. Yeah. When yeah. you're like, "Man, I'm sweating. It's, it's hot, hot up here." here. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, and uh, and I go outside to like kind of just do a lap because we have another show after that, and both of them were sold out. It's like 200 seat capacity at this at this great uh, venue called Mad Life Studios in, in Woodstock and uh, Woodstock, Georgia. Um, and I'm outside, and this lady's out there smoking a cigarette, just uh, talking very animatedly to the valet. And I kind of walk past, and she's, like, talking shit about my set. She's like, I didn't think it was funny. He's up there talking about cancer, blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't have said anything to her, but I felt really bad for the valet guys because they already have a terrible job. Yeah, they're so like, I, I like, don't want to listen to this, like, right, bitch. Hey, leave them alone, lady. Shut like, up. Just t- tell me what your problem is. Yeah. And she was like, look, like, I came out to comedy to laugh. I didn't want to hear about that stuff. It's a trigger for me because my mom's a three-time cancer survivor. Um, so it was really hard for me to hear about. And basically kind of the, the idea that I'm working into it is like, it's in, you know, your mom sounds like a real warrior. Like, I'm sorry that she wasn't here to listen to those jokes because she would have laughed at them. And you've now taken, like, my cancer's not even a trigger for me. It can't be a trigger for you. 
Like and you're out there. Also, it's hard for you to hear. It was harder for me to fucking have. It was. So it's, shut up, you fucking weirdo. And the idea that you go to comedy to not be challenged, like that's what we well, do. But some people do sure. go to comedy specifically. Well, sh- that woman can definitely fuck off, though. <laughs> well, I, yeah, well, I've been okay. roasting her. Now I feel I feel bad because I'm always roasting her. And in reality, I learned a lot from that conversation with her. Which exactly. Is, I am walking a tightrope. Exactly. And I have to take into consideration the fact that this is not only a trigger for people because they have an experience with it that's very personal, but also there's a lot of hypochondriacs out there. You should watch me do this at like mics where it's all comedians. Every single one of them just starts like, yeah, I think I like have cancer. Shifting, I think I have like cancer. Everything. I think I have cancer. Oh, I think it's I have so cancer. funny yeah. to just call the hypochondriacs like, oh, you're not even listening anymore. And they're like, I can't yeah. do this. Like, Googling, I this. how do I know if I have cancer? Yeah. And there are a portion Googling. of people in this world, for better or worse, whatever, it, I, it doesn't matter. It's not us. But there's a lot of people that, you know, sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, uh, was this movie written by someone who literally is brain dead and yet it will make like $400 million and you go, oh, wait a minute. It's a simple escape that doesn't challenge anything other than the whatever's going on in your life, we won't touch any of those subjects. Yeah. yeah. We will stay in this very like Gray simple zone. world sure. with of simple entertainment and some people, that's all they want. And right. And th- that's, that's them. Yeah. It's not... Your fault that she didn't enjoy it. It's her choices of what she wants to enjoy. Does that make sense? Yeah, one hundred percent. And I've found, you know, that there are there are people who just kind of like can't help but make what's happening about their experience. Like, it, yes. you know, it's a very it's that kind of place where it's like, well, I didn't like this because I and I this and I that. It's like it's you made it about you so fast that you yeah. didn't even hear what I was trying to say. That you didn't even get. You weren't willing to accept the message. Because you had a hot take instantly about, like, this isn't okay. Like, that's not funny because I'm going to listen to my experience. Like, my experience is your mom survived three cancer, cancer three times. Your mom's awesome. And I guarantee you she laughed about it at times. And I guarantee you, because that's what I kept saying. I was like, you guys never laughed about it? She's like, well, of course, but, you know, it's not because it was funny. It's like, yeah, but it's because how, that's how we deal that's, with it. That's, you, that's how you stay positive. That's how you get through it. You give cancer to somebody who's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. They might. Like, you know, yeah. like that's not, you know, I'm pretty much convinced that a lot of mine came from my own anxiety and stress in life that I need to kind of like, you know, kind of like simplify a little more and be more of that person that I was when I was going through treatment where I, I pick my battles. I yeah. decide what it is that I'm going to focus on and put my energy into because there's a lot of stuff that you just don't have any control over. No, and man, all you have is the present moment. That's Literally, it. you have the one moment right that's happening now. It is an unrepeatable, unduplicatable uh, moment. Yeah, that's it. Every moment is unique, and they're all happening. And people are that just last like, moment wasn't, but this, yeah, this one. Probably. You know what I mean? You, people are folks so focused on what the future is going to be, and oh man, all sure. these things I did two weeks ago, and like. It's now. Or now thinking is about all the you same have. moment that already happened that you can't change. Like, can't change. yes, you know, like, and even I said think... an inappropriate thing in front of a girl that I really like, and now yeah. she thinks that I'm <laughs> a really bad person, and I get it, but I can't go back and change that. You can't. What I can do is, you know, be nice or just find a new girl. And that's, that's why John will appreciate offended. And that's why John will appreciate what I'm about to say. And that's why I think that marijuana should be legal everywhere in the United States of America, because <laughs> once you start dipping into that stuff, you actually start fucking relaxing a little bit. And not everything you, in the world is so, yeah. so... The stakes come down a little bit. Yes! Can I tell you something fucking hilarious? Um, so Brian is a... Co- he's a flag football coach. 
Uh, he's won Coach of the Year this season again, multiple times, I believe. But uh, he had a mustache recently, and he was wor- working on Eddie was sending me pictures because Eddie's kid was playing on the same – Eddie Pence's kid was playing the same field. Eddie coaches his kid's team. So he's taking pictures of Brian, and Brian's on the sidelines clapping with the mustache and everything. And I go, oh, man, yeah, he looks like a coach. And then he said uh, – he goes, oh, man, that's, that CBD's really calmed him down. <laughs> And I go, oh, yeah? And I start laughing. I go, yeah, that's that's funny. I go, it probably has. And he goes, no, no, no. He pulled me aside. And he goes, I don't yell as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there's another part that we will end on that because there's actually a second half of that story that had the CBD didn't work. So oh. anyway. <laughs> and, Eddie, and, Eddie, and then I ch- had a chokehold on a man. And Eddie got caught in the middle of all of it. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I They show a lot of videos of like, uh, staff that works with people who have cancer, and when they finally find out that they are cancer free, they ring bells. Like the staff is actually really excited. Did, I, not, not, I, I hope you had some sort of experience, but like when when do you actually find out, and what is that moment like? Uh, I didn't get uh, we. I didn't have that moment, you and I not. see that happening, and I'm like, where where hey, the, where's the wait, part of it? I wonder though. Do you think some of that is because they're actually staying at a hospital for months on end? Is that I, I wonder because I know for some people you can't be exposed to certain. There are certain types of cancers when you're getting treated, you can't be around other people because your yes. immune system gets so. Sure. And a lot, but you're, sometimes that you had outpatient do... chemo, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you would go so in for hours at a time. Go in and then come leave out. for the night. You just couldn't be around any other comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, That's not going to help. That's, That's probably what gave you help. cancer. That gave me cancer. <laughs> you guys are shitty jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, you know what's, it, what's interesting about this? And I make jokes about it, but again, you're walking a tightrope, so it's like not. But it's like because I didn't lose my hair. I think people didn't think I had cancer. That's a big like, thing. That's how a big did that thing. Happen? Be, I, because the type of chemo that I got, you just don't lose your hair. But it was even one of those things where it was like, I, people are so vain that they were like so happy I wasn't going to lose my hair. And I make fun of them for it. But I remember the thing I was most scared of when I went to go see the doctor was like, you know, it was like, okay, okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Okay, doctor, give it to me straight. Am I gonna lose my hair? And he was like, "No, you're not." And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Like, whoo! And All they right. know that. They told me there was only two percent of people could keep their hair. Well, yeah, are you out. saying it's based on the style of it's, treatment? It's based on the chemicals. Oh, okay. The chemicals that I got just don't. Most colon cancer patients will not lose their hair. Interesting. Yeah, breast cancer definitely. So they spend the whole yeah. time trying to convince people they have cancer when they don't lose their hair. Is yeah. that what you're saying? I, A lot of people just. I had. You don't some, look like you have cancer. I had people say that like they're Thanks. like, oh, well, some one of my buddies was like, you know, asking me, and he was like, well, you haven't lost your hair yet. No, when's that going to happen? I was like, oh, I'm actually not going to lose my hair. And he was like, huh. I mean, is it really cancer if you don't lose your hair? I was like, Ooh. yes, it's is really, it really cancer. <laughs> no, it's idiot. actually the flu, but I call yeah, it cancer because yeah. that's more sympathy. Because I've got more jobs off of this. Cancer. Yeah, because if I say it in job <laughs> interviews, I get hired immediately. Uh, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Yeah, ridiculous. But so when did you when did you actually get the official? All right, we're good. It was. It's and what was that with, day like? It's tough with with colon cancer because it's not like it, like people are like, are you in remission? Blah blah blah. It's like basically when they took my tumor out. As far as they really knew, I didn't have cancer, but the odds of it coming back were like over 50% because of having the... not doing treatment because it's in your blood. Oh. So it's basically rolling the dice like, my immune system can handle this. It's like, eh, I don't think so. I don't think it's not. Let's not leave it to the immune system this time. They already kind of botched this. You're talking bit. about to, in order for the chemotherapy part of it. Yes, yeah, for the okay. chemotherapy. So they gave you the option? 
they didn't really give me the option. Okay. They were basically like, "You got to do this." You don't. Yeah, they were like, "You can say no and try, but like don't play with fire. other." But you're do not do that. But I wouldn't do that. Yeah, like I that would be a very bad sure, idea. Sure, you could say no. I could step in front of moving buses. Sure, too, but they're like, like this lowers the reoccurrence rate to almost zero. And so the chemotherapy wow. because so it's in the blood. So are they testing the lymph node, or are they actually testing your blood to see if it's still left in there when it when when they can finally say to you? We've eradicated it. I basically decided that it was over for me, like the whole thing when I finished. When I so once I got my um, the treatment was three days. At the end of that three days, at the end of my last treatment, that was for me like I'm done. You know, like that's it. But the problem was that that's when it got most difficult for me. I had a very close friend who had had cancer before who was okay, and when I was diagnosed, she was re-diagnosed, and she died two weeks after I finished treatment. And that was, like, just a huge nut shot because I was, she was, like, somebody I'd looked to the whole time to kind of, like, help me through this, and she'd kind of fallen off the map a little bit, but she was doing some kind of, like, experimental treatments, so I thought that maybe things were going well, but, you know, then just got the call, and it was, like, you know, uh, cat passed away, and I was, and it was, it was really hard for me, and I think it, it kind of accelerated the rate at which the emotional baggage that was coming along with it and okay. some of the post-traumatic stress and all that stuff that I had powered through. Yeah. It just opened it like the Pandora's box of shit. I mean, I was in a really bad place just emotionally. Like, I've never called... I, this. My, my brothers and I helped my mom get a car and it has, like, Bluetooth in it. She also has adopted um, a 13-year-old who has been basically part of our family since he was a baby. Um... And he's our godson. And I'd call her so many times, just panic attack, fully emotional, sobbing, not knowing what's going on, terrified, scared, like freaked out. And I'd go on like a four-minute diatribe about the world is terrible and I'm so scared and I don't know what's going on and everything is terrifying. And she'd be like, can I call you back? Railer's in the car. And I'd be like, (laughs) oh, no, no. I'm just kidding, Railer. I'm an actor. (laughs) I'm working on a scene. I'm wearing a scarf as I say this. I'm just scarred you for life. Hey, Mom. Give me a heads up. Like, a little... I just... There is a thing about the Bluetooth where you're supposed to answer the phone when you answer on Bluetooth because that's technically speakerphone. You're always supposed to announce... Yes. Hey, I am on speakerphone and there's other people in the car. That's a good preface. However, a lot of us don't do that. So I have a question for you following up on that. It sounds to me, and I think you had alluded this earlier, that your greatest part of your support group is before or upon diagnosis and during treatment, and then it seems to... Fall off? There's, yeah. After, after, after cure, but like you actually said something that I thought was pretty interesting. You called it PTSD of like, now it's all done and I'm facing the repercussions of all that I've been through. And it seems like we forget about as, as friends or supporters, it seems like maybe we forget there's that part of it too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, and I thought it was specific to me because I'm a sensitive guy. Like, you know, I, I feel, I feel everything. You've got um, so I thought that it was just me. And then I got involved with, um, a nonprofit organization. Um, I brought you guys some swag. It's called Fight Colorectal Cancer. Um, they do some really great stuff. They named me and like eleven other people ambassadors for um, for the nonprofit. So we do some speaking arrangement uh, engagements. Um, we had a training seminar where we went up to uh, Colorado, raised a bunch of money, and hiked a mountain. Bunch of other cancer survivors. They're all colon cancer people. Every single one of them that I talked to was like, "Your experience is not specific to you. You go through this." The afterwards is when you feel everything, and for probably about two years, you are going to be fragile for the most part in terms of 
where you're at emotionally. Like, and it's not, I'm, I've got, I've moved past a lot of it, but a lot of it has been through doing stand up and doing like, and taking the power back from it. You know, like my brother and I are now doing like a two man show and some other, the documentary, a bunch of different media to try and kind of like get people to do this. And we're using the hashtag. And, you know, right now the documentary is called Pat versus Cancer, but the, the hashtag that we're using a lot of times is laughing at cancer, which seems counterintuitive. But in reality, that's what we're doing. We're kind of taking our own power back from it. And I think it has helped me get through it. But to answer your question, yes, it is. I think we do. And I'd like to start a, a nonprofit at some point that kind of helps people who just dealt with cancer, cancer survivors, because it is it's heavy, man. And it's like everybody during the time is telling you, don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about this. And then they're like, OK, you're good. Now, now worry. worry about all that stuff. By the way, it's way worse. Emotionally, you're a fucking wreck. Everything's piled up. And you have all these medical bills to deal with. I mean, I'm about to lose. I didn't work enough as an actor um, the last two years, so I'm losing my health insurance. And yet you paid your dues to SAG, did you not? For 15 years. I mean, yes. I've I've, I've qualified for health insurance every year since 2005, except for last year and this year because of... Because I was because going, of what it was because you're I going, had cancer yeah. and oh you weren't hitting me. your auditions for Arby's when no, you were in the no. hospital. Unfortunately, I missed the audition for the food that gave me cancer. Um, you know, <laughs> no like, shit, right? I couldn't make it that day. Uh, but it's so now that's that's another thing I have to worry about. You start to pile on the top. On top of that, the fact that we have this system that kind of like tries to weed you out as a problem. You know, that tries that that kind of puts a little like you know, security bubble around you, like, hey, look out, he's pre, pre, you know, has pre-diagnoses and a precondition for, for certain things that are very expensive. I mean, my chemotherapy, like, about 55 grand per treatment, I mean, times 12, I don't want to... Do the math, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. it's a lot, it's a lot of money. So, I would like to kind of, at some point, right now, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a way to put, like, a magnifying glass on colon cancer in younger people in general um and it's 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 difficult it's more difficult than i thought it would be and it's tough too because i've made films before i've made documentaries i've you know been yeah. on tv some very successful documentaries yeah. yeah and and so i so i it was this i remember one of my buddies and i'm working with dan brown um one of my best friends in the world like he told me basically you know, as we started, he was going to help me with the doc, but he was like, you have a chance to not do this right now. You're going to go through a lot. Like, you can make the decision to not do this right now. And I remember that moment because I was like, if I don't do this, I'll regret it forever. And he was like, I'm just saying, like, you know, it's going to be difficult. And I respect him so much as a friend for kind of pointing that out and giving me the out. Like, here's your safety. You know, here's your parachute right now if you want to pull the cord and just, like, not do this. You have the, the choice. And I was like, no, we need to do this. And it wasn't until we got a few months in where I was like, you know, to Dan, just like bawling my eyes out, like, this was a huge mistake. And he's like, why? And it's like, if people don't care, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Like, the stakes are so high in sharing a story like this and a journey like this. Like, what if no one gives a shit? Like, where where does that put me? Like, ugh, like the thought of, like, and it's another, you know, in, in performer's, you know, peril. Yeah. But it's like, I really want to share this, but it's so personal that if nobody likes it, I'm going to hate myself even more. And somehow I already do. But I think when you're doing something like what you're doing now, like I get it before, all your documentaries, everything you've done before, you're like, God, I fucking hope people like this shit. You know sure. what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm working on it. But I feel like even if something like what you're doing now, even if it only reaches, let's, I mean, this is ridiculous, but let's say it reaches five people. Sure. 
those five people go get tested. Those five people tell five people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's the uh, at the very least, all this effort is going to help somebody. In in general, like part of the reason that's kept me going is that from the very beginning, my brother and I have been documenting this whole process and have been using the platforms that we have, whether it's social media or his radio shows that he's been on to kind of like spread this message. What comes back is this incredible showing of both support and people kind of being empowered to do like what you, what we're talking about, like be their own advocate, take care of their problems. You know, like I think it helps to see a story like so much when these stories are shared, it's the worst, you know, it's like, Oh, it's like an ESPN 30 for 30. It's like mm-hmm. the worst story ever. You mm-hmm. can't you like can behind barely, the music. You're yes. like, Oh God, you can barely watch it. What if I told you that yeah. life is terrifying? It's right. like, Oh my, I'd be scared. Goodbye. Be scared. Part of when your I, colon. When I went in, when I was scheduling my colonoscopy, no one gave me the good stories. They were like, oh, let me tell you this one story about this one. And you're like... What's the good story? Like, And then they gave me flowers, it and was I this, went home, but and it was a million CBD dollars in your And the majority of it, and you, then you go in and get the consultation, and they're like, the majority of the stories, yeah, there's... Yes. But the point is, you still got to do it, and yes. the majority of them, are outcomes are good. It's like when I got the vasectomy. I was like, oh, I'm going to get a vasectomy. Four guys run over and be like, let me let tell, me tell you what happened You're to like, me when they cut my dick off yeah, by exactly. accident. Yeah, I started <laughs> having like, more babies. Why? Why? Yeah, they cut my dick off, and I still had more babies. And by the way. <laughs> different women. I, it was incredible. <laughs> And none of that is helpful. <laughs> none of no. that is really helping the journey. Which is, yeah. you're right. No that's one wants why to you have you to the... still you have to tune it out and still be your own advocate because yes. you could very easily bail because Getting of your all own these head. people Everybody telling you else. these horrible stories. And you're like, in a man's mind, especially when it comes to that, if I just ignore it long enough, sure, it'll go away. It'll go and turn and the it turns radio out, off, drive the car, and it turns out that's not how it is. And the second thing I want to be very clear about as a married male. And a hypochondriac. There is nothing in your wife's purse that can solve some of your your actual medical problems. Just so you know, no, they only no. have their purses are limited as to what they can but give. Well, you. sometimes my wife has a vape pen in her purse. <laughs> so sanitizer, vape pens, <laughs> and aspirin. Okay, that yeah. past that, she's not going to have a diagnosis buried in there. No, 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 no. Now a tiny yeah. doctor that's, that's not terrible. <laughs> Fucking insane, man. So, uh, um. You obviously have gotten through it. You're still going through it, you're, and you're kind of talking about that. Do you think that being a performer and actually being in the in the creative world has helped accelerate your ability to get through the PTSD? And, and do you think about all the people that are relatively quiet people that don't work in a that are just that are working a nine to five job? And what is their really, release? They don't. They don't know that there's support out there or what they should they could be doing. Because for you, you're you're very even though you, you know you're still an open person. A lot of people aren't that no, open, and they yeah. and they hold on to this, and they suffer for an extended period of time because they don't know how to share it. Well, there are I people mean, that would never talk about their own butts. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just I, I was talking before, about before, but before he had cancer, I bet he would have told a fart joke or a butthole story or great, like. There's like my brother has this video of me that we play when we're doing kind of like our two man thing about the whole experience where I'm doing yoga to try and take a poop because it helps, like yoga helps. And doing all these other things. And I'm doing, like, downward dog in the living room. My brother's, like, on social media trying to make fun of me. And he's like, huh, hey, Pat, what yoga position you do? And I'm like, it's upward-facing fart and just rip ass. Yep, so loud. And we play that video, and people laugh so hard of about it. Of course they do. Farts are funny. And they're funny. And butt stuff is funny, you know? Yep. It was interesting to me, to your point, though, like, I started talking about my experience. And people that I knew would come out. I mean, like, even like you. John, like, being like, yeah, I, I actually went through an experience, you know, with, with cancer myself. And it's... It's amazing to me that it's like, you know, I was like live streaming my chemotherapy on Instagram and like answering questions. And like that was just naturally how I had to deal with it. But I do think there's a lot of people 
who go through it who don't go to therapy, who don't have an outlet like stand up or like, you know, comedy or, you know, podcast and like this a platform to kind of like get on a megaphone about and just like shout it. People would be like, you're sharing your story. That's so brave. I'm like, I don't know if this is bravery. Like, I just need everybody to root me on. Like, I need cheerleaders. Like, I need this to be our yeah. thing, you know? Like, this is us. We, this is us going through it. And I think that's kind of carried over into what where we're at now with the documentary and the stand-up and everything. It's like, this is... I'm sharing my story to make everybody else a little more confident in, in that you can beat this. Yeah. That cancer's not a death sentence. Like, that's you know, sometimes I, it's... it's a powerful thing it's and i think talking about is important like you're like what you're saying i mean like that's i didn't i had cancer in 1994 so there was no internet there was no i mean friends we, it was friends we were just figuring out right tv show does what? this look bad that's does what this the, look bad do you know a nurse or a doctor literally the doctors i was also misdiagnosed by the first doctors i saw they were like yeah soak your balls in hot water it was like dude what uh, uh so <laughs> this is when you were in wisconsin yeah okay those guys were Idiots. Real bad. Dude, yeah. I mean, well, my mom, I told my mom what they said. My mom's like, what? Now you're going to a real doctor. And that That's the doctor was immediately like, oh, you have cancer. Cream I was like, city. oh. Which is interesting to me just because in the, where you were in the middle of Wisconsin, I know that sounds crazy. My parents live up there in, North, you know, north central Wisconsin. There's like some, like probably now, maybe it wasn't back then. There's like some major clinics out in the Midwest mm-hmm. that like, they are just really built a new notch. hospital in town. And the, but this, I went to a doctor's office in town and it no, was, you just went to whatever. A, a, yeah, dude, they were you just yellow paged it. <clears throat> that, okay, yeah, man. Well. I rode my bike to the nearest thing and was like, hey, I got a fucking thing. And Kids, like, bikes are stuff that people had to use before <laughs> cell phones. Yeah. They had to actually, okay. Like but I think, but but pedals. but when I got when I was finally able to talk about it on stage, like it was years after, you know what I mean. So like, it wasn't like a fresh thing, sure. but at the same time, it was something that as soon as I started talking about it, I would run into other people like Tom Green. So he's like, hey, you know, I had that too. I go, yeah, you were fortunate enough you could put it on TV. Yeah. I go, I appreciate that. I wish I could have done something like that. So like the fact that you're able to do that with the technology we have, and it's pretty. Yeah. Fairly simple for your brother to record you or you to record each other Just and then bing, it's right put there. it it's, out there. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome and I think it's got to continue. You it's, know? I mean, and it, it really has like it, at times when I want to stop doing it, I kind of like will get people hitting me up like, hey, like, what's up? What's up now? Like being curious, being and I think it's partly because. What do you mean? Like, what's your next cancer? Well, yeah. What's your what's next? What do you, you get next? Well, Elbow playing, cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've stopped wearing sunblock. So, you know, the <laughs> epidermis is the biggest organ in the body. It's very dangerous. You're like a magician. You're a cancer magician. Yeah. yeah. What's next? Method. Um, but they want to know the updates. They want to see what's going on. And I think it's because in their minds, they want me to win. They want me to beat this. They want it to be beatable. They want it to be something that... To, I think people want to take the... the they want power more success. Well, yes. but also, they want more success stories because I think it, it, it takes their fear yes. down a notch it as well. It lifts the and human it, spirit. Yes. Yes. And yes. it makes it more like, okay, maybe I should go get a colonoscopy because now, you know, I... And for me, literally going was being a hypochondriac, with rectal bleeding is a terrible place to be. So you're, I was stressed out. I went basically just for peace of mind. I was like, I just need to get this off my back. Like, yeah. whatever this is, I just... Because even being diagnosed, like what you were saying, like, how did I feel? I think in those first moments, there was a little bit of me that was relieved to know what it was. Yeah. It, to know that I had... I, I know what this is now. It's not a scary monster in the dark, in the middle of the night. It's 
you know, it's it's a thing. It's, it's a this thing, thing that we can now have a plan of attack. Yes, we know what to do. I'm not alone with my imagination anymore because my imagination is an asshole, as with most adults. Sure, do you? I mean, you always think of the worst, worst possible enemy. case scenario. It's like, what yes. is it? Is that a new freckle? That's cancer. Because look, I wasn't thinking I had stage three totally beatable cancer. I was thinking I had you're fucked. <clears throat> you're dead. For like three days to live. Whenever you like, hear the word cancer, when you first hear it, the immediate response is, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die." Yes. And so it was in those first moments, there was a part of me that was relieved to know what it was that I was dealing with, to know that there was a plan now or that we were going to come up with a plan and that we were going to deal with it. Thank God I had great insurance at the time. Um, yeah, and could you imagine having to figure out both of those <laughs> things? Oh, dude. I mean, I what was, a nightmare. Well, that you, I mean, that's where the whole system is screwed, fucked. where it's like, yeah. if you don't you're have... You're forced to your, make a choice. If you're not prepared oh, so for bad. this, you, we're going to we're gonna get you. Like, yeah. we are going to get you. We're going to take you... Like, and also, if you're overprepared for this, what, how are you living your life? I know, I mean, that's terrified. all you're worried about yeah. is, like, getting a disease. So, uh, I have a question for you, because my experience of, like, going for the colonoscopy, the, the, the part that... Because I, I, I didn't realize until I had gotten there... I had never been put under for a surgery since I had hurt my knee in high school. So it was like decades. Yeah. And I've even just forgot what that was like. And I'll never forget that they, when I was laying there, I was like, hey, guys, I have a question for you. Like, when you put the stuff in, how long does it take before you? And like, Boom. that was the last Out. thing. And then the next thing I remember was going, okay, and getting up and walking away. And my wife was just laughing at me, and I'm like, what's the matter? They're like, people have been talking to you for a half an hour. Yeah. yeah. And you stopped them and said, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Talk to my wife. I don't know what's going on right now. And then they kept talking to you, and eventually you just like you went from subconscious, like unconscious to conscious, you, you and you went back into it. Okay, and yeah. like, and that's all I remember was just saying okay. It's Did you have like a weird like waking boom, up? Boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Waking up from surgery is always crazy. Like, I mean, it, it's and I've had I've been under a bunch now lately in the last like you know eighteen months. Um, the weirdest one was when I got my surgery because then you're way, way under. So they took out a third of my colon and then put it back together. How long like, did that take? That took them, I think, about four to six hours, Ooh, something my like that. God. Yeah, it was a long one. The drive to Phoenix. And I, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what they called traffic. it. That's what he called <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, the old It'll drive take, to Phoenix. They, used, drive way, to they Phoenix. used ways to find that part. It's in about his, as in his enjoyable colon. as a drive to Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I woke up, and because I was in the gastro surgery area, most of the other patients who were in the the room were um, were old people, and. The, they were having problems with the electricity, so the lights were flashing. No shit. And I woke up, and they still have you. I think they had like they had like kind of tied my hands to the thing. Oh, good. So, so you're like, in prison because I kept like reaching up, and I'd like scratch my eye, and like, <laughs> and I woke up, and they had to go get my mom because I thought, I, and I love horror movies. I thought I was in some sort of zombie <laughs> testing lab because there was all these old people going like, ah, like waking up terrified, and the lights were flashing, and I was like tied down, like what the fuck. <laughs> What the fuck is going on? My like, worst nightmare. My worst my nightmare. My mom came in and she was like, "Shit, it's okay, it's okay." And I'm like, "What are it's those?" Not okay. We gotta get out of this weird government lab. <laughs> what? Are, why are you so calm? What are those things? Like this old guy was trying to get out of bed and just moaning and groaning, and the doctors were like trying to hold him down, and I was just like, "This is like a Nazi testing lab." Like, oh I gotta get god. out of here, mom. Oh my god, that is. But but because you're kind of coming out of this comatose state, you, no clue. The reality's a little distorted. No, so of course you felt that way. Yeah, and it's like a, it's like being in one of those visceral dreams where you know you're dreaming, but it's not like... You're in an altered state. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? I mean, apparently, too, when I woke up from my colonoscopy, my brother has audio um, of it because for the radio. So it was like, you know, I just woke up and I called him. Somehow they gave me my phone because I don't even remember any of this. They gave me my phone and I called him 
because we were trying to do like a hilarious radio bit, and I was talking about like apparently when I'm in that state, I brag about the things <laughs> I hate the most. So I was like bragging to him about how I was going to be the best Uber driver ever, and I was going to take on Vin Diesel <laughs> and like Paul Walker and yeah. and uh, sure. like Nicolas Cage is not even in Fast and the Furious. No, but like, he was gone in sixty, gone seconds, in 60 seconds, seconds. Apparently, my brain just went to bragging about the thing that <laughs> I was like, driving. Your driving skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm gonna be the best Uber driver. Mario Andretti was a pussy. Like <laughs> um, so let's take a let's let's let's. Move to a, a subject that has been referred to sure. repeatedly, which is documentary filmmaking. Yes, obviously, you, you you know it's kind of an easy connect what you're making a documentary about here, but John was referencing your your past. Is yes. that so? I know you do stand up, but it was that your primary thing, or was filmmaking your primary thing, or was acting your primary thing? Like, what is that world that you live in? Acting has always been my primary thing. Okay, so I moved here when I was 19, um, so about 16 years ago, and. Where are you acting. from? Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Well, an island north of Seattle. So it's an island. It's called Whidbey Island. It's like is that the island where there's like the murders and stuff like that? That the, uh, maybe they weren't the fam- No, no, not, not famous enough because you would have said. Okay. That. No, no, oh, not okay. that famous. We did have a white supremacist rally once. It turned into a big gunfight, and that was fun. That was a lot. And of fun. shocking. Yeah, and every, yeah, everything shocking. you just said there is shocking. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> an island in the middle of nowhere. Um, uh, so that's kind of how I made a living for a really long time. Commercial acting mostly is what I did, but some small stuff on TV here and there, um, and some films. In 2012, 2013, I made a a documentary, mockumentary um, about if penis size matters, and it's called Unhung Hero, and I went around the world trying to find ways to make my dick bigger. Um, so Self-funded? No, it was funded through a German production company, and the director was a friend of mine. And okay, we, I was going to say, how does one go about going, guys, I got an idea, and this is what we're going to do. You're going to give me money, I, and I'm going to find a way to make my penis bigger. There's, and somebody was like, you know what? Sure. Here's the cash. My buddy and I had had a conversation about... Dad, turn this off. About size, and I... Yeah, turn it off. I'm sorry, Dad. Um, there's... There's... Uh, we kind of got into the topic of like, you know, I'm obviously very open. I always have been. I talk about things and I'm like honest about the fact it's like, you know, no girl is ever going to be like, he's got a massive hog. You know, like I don't ha- like I have a a below average size penis. Like it's just a penis. It's not like a it, it's not. An oh, penis. just a penis. Oh, yeah. just a penis. Yeah. yeah. It's never. Nobody's at least ever it's gonna, a penis. Uh, yes, it's there. That's a, let's just start there. It well, exists. it is a penis. At it least works it's a, just At fine. least it's a penis. Yeah. Shoulder shrug. It's just not, you know, it's like it's like if there was an emoji of a penis, it would be like that penis. Like it would just be like a <clears> penis. Well, waving with a smile. <laughs> Hi. It's called an eggplant. And a mustache. It's called yeah. an eggplant. Not that. Um, so we basically kind of came up with this like idea he had some kind of like conversations with some producers and some investors about trying to do a project that was in this kind of vein or in this area and so we kind of pitched them on this idea of this is what we're gonna do and like you know and and it was at the beginning it wasn't necessarily all my idea because I wasn't like jumping like you know like I wasn't like dying to do this but you know like you know anybody who's been in this industry long enough Every idea is a good idea. If you have money, every idea is a good idea. I don't care. Right. Like, my shame is zero. Like, let's let's go. But documentary filmmaking, but that, I mean, not that filmmaking in general, it is, it is, it, it is a process. Yeah. And it's a lot, it's it's not as simple as just saying, let's just go do this. It's, it's, it is work, and it's a lot of time and a lot of energy. And even though you thought you had a funny idea, and even though somebody wanted to get behind it, is that, were, was that stuff that you wanted to do anyway? Did you want to start getting into that form of, 
uh, that medium, that type, that type of world, or was this just a one-off to you in your mind? It was more of a one-off to me, like, because I'm also a writer. Like, I, I love writing screenplays. Uh-huh. I love watching movies. Like, I love the story element of mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm a really big, like, I'm a stickler for story structure. Like, people be like, that movie's great. I'm like, eh, first act is too long. Like, and, you know, it lags, it lags in the third. The conflict isn't there. Like, right. You know, so... I was all about just telling this story. And so I've gotten trouble in the past a little bit for, you know, people will say it's a documentary, but we always called it a cockumentary <laughs> because we kind of got into it. And, and I'm a storyteller. And the director, who's Brian Spitz, who's a friend of mine, he's a storyteller as well. So we would, you know, we'd kind of shoot a bunch of stuff and then come back and kind of figure out, like, what is this missing? What does it need? What's, you know, how do we get people to really care about this, start this conversation that doesn't make it weird, that doesn't make it awkward? Um, And in reality, like, I'm very much a slave to my insecurities. And that was something I'd always been insecure about. And so to be able to talk about it and to kind of, like, get to the bottom of an answer that I think I knew the answer to the question, like, does size matter? I think it matters to some people and that it matters, it doesn't matter to others. And it all is about the person, you there's know. Always, there's always going to be, there's there's something that'll fit it. Sure. You know what yes. I mean? If you, have, if you have a small wiener, there's for a small wiener. For those of you who are there. not uh, with us, yes. uh, John wanted to make sure we understood what he meant by that <laughs> and showed a visual, which, uh-huh. oh, thanks, thanks, John. I don't know. I, my I my wife hates this when I do this finger through yeah, the whole thing. Because it reminds her of probably middle school. And like that was when people were like, huh? huh? Everybody look what I know. Look what I know. Yeah. I know about sexing, dude. I know about sexing, I know about sexing, dude. It's like a penis in China. When a bird fucks it, be see i know about all of it and so you so you did it yeah so we did it and so we went around we went around the world i did things like just different techniques hung weight hung, hung weights for my penis we saw penis uh. surgery there's a dude in papua new guinea who got like injected um we then premiered at south by southwest awesome we did really well we we sold out every screening we didn't win any awards because there's stuff in the movie where it's like did this really happen and it it really did but like you know, we we knew. I don't know. It, it's just crazy. Like I go back and I watch it. I, I don't watch it all the time now, <laughs> but I have seen it recently because a friend was like, "I have to see it," and yeah. you can still get it on iTunes. I think. I think that's the only place. To I was gonna it. say it's not on Amazon. No, it's not. And it's so. I mean, basically, we went from South by Southwest. We got a deal with Showtime. We had a limited run. We had like a year long run on Showtime. That's what it was. Yeah. Then we did a deal with Netflix, and we didn't get paid a lot of money, but the movie crushed on Netflix. Like. I mean, you got called, a lot of eyeballs. Yeah, on it. it's called Unhung Hero. It's me standing there naked with like a magnifying glass. I was just going to ask penis. you. So it you actually like, are willing to expose your full? You don't self. see my penis. You don't. Okay. No, you don't. Was that your choice? Uh, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where it was it's like, like it's like Jaws. You don't need the shark. Not seeing not, the shark. Hold on a second. Just it's so like, we're clear. It's just are like you Jaws. Comparing Jaws. The, the 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 intensity and the mystery. Of, of a giant Nazi? sea shark yeah. yes. to sea will shark, we or yes. will we not ever get the reveal of a tiny penis of his penis yeah. eating yes. a boat? There are two of the okay, biting a man in half. We're gonna need okay. a smaller condom. Two of, the, <laughs> two of the greatest horror movies ever made, Unhung Hero and Jaws. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Monster movies. Let's, uh, <sighs> but then Netflix, like we ended up getting. Well, <laughs> well, there it is. He'll hold the cup in the get picture. Where just my penis <laughs> popping out of the water? Dude, you should. Jo- Baby Jaws. Yeah, just a six and a half. <laughs> Not even. That's a liberal. That's a liberal <laughs> thing. Um, but we got so I mean that year on Netflix we were the number two documentary behind Blackfish, which oh, Blackfish wow. crushed. It was twenty. That uh, was about real big dicks, 2014, right? 2014, 2015. <laughs> yeah, huge ones. About fish. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous. Um, Not fish, but uh, so. 
it did it did well. And it's funny now because I mean it's not funny. It's ironic now, but people had been asking me after that, like, what's next for you? Like, what's next documentary? Oh, now I'm going to focus on my butthole. I would make that joke. I'd be like, I'm going to make a talk about my butt. And then literally, five years later, make a documentary about my butt. That's not You should never have said that out loud. Well, also... Like, did, Good uh, for you, though. You're covering all the forbidden... The nethers. Yes. The for nethers. all the forbidden holes. Going to the nether What's the regions. name of your guys' production company? Below the Waist? Yeah. Yes. And called, Above the Knees? Yeah. Ooh, it's well. called John's Fingers. It's yes. yes. It's called In case okay anybody wasn't sure, finger. if John, if you could go everywhere yeah. with him, just in case someone's yeah. not sure it's what they're talking about. I'll post, what I'm, I'll yeah. post a video He's online. He's doing a penis and a vagina with his hands. That's not a vagina. So, But but can I ask you a question, though? Like, you, if 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 that's not your primary passion per se is to be a documentary filmmaker did you find yourself at one point like okay i made it mm-hmm. then it goes to south by southwest then it then it gets a deal with showtime i mean part of you also is like oh maybe is this what i was supposed to be doing in my life like i mean yeah. so how does we so after that i was very passionate kind of about the idea of, of kind of making it the director and i like wanted to make a show basically and we got really kind of passionate about and, and pitched uh, a fair amount about making a show where we kind of go around and talk to people about different weird things that they're insecure about, whatever it is. Like, kind of just, like, talking to people about their weird insecurities and, like, you know, or just, like, things that they're worried about, like body hang-ups and, like, trying to, you know, dispel, you know, certain myths about different things. But or it point was out another... that you're not alone just because you think, yes. I got really weird That's ears why I find it whatever. interesting it's that like... it got no traction. No, huh? no, nobody was into it. Nobody was into it. They were just like... Now, were hey. you in the interviews naked? No, no. Like I'm been. the guy from the yeah, thing. Yeah. Remember me? <laughs> Big magnifying over my. Yeah, we do and get glass over my penis. <laughs> it's funny though because now it's like I'm pretty far removed from it. And, and in reality, like we didn't make a ton of money off of the film. We should have, but we made a bunch of bad deals, or the the producers made a bunch of bad deals. Um, so we we didn't really make as much money. We got a bunch of influence, which was nice. But also, it's really hard to book a commercial when everybody's like, "Are you the penis guy?" Like callbacks, and I'm like, "Oh." No. I'm yeah, not. just say no. Just say no. Damn just, it. That's what in I this world like, no, now, I just I'd be like penis guy. What's that supposed to mean? And they'd be like nothing. Never mind. Yeah, I then they get weirded like out. Like, I have yeah. no idea. Well, that's no. a little rude. I don't. I have a penis. <laughs> what did, is this about? Yeah, I booked a commercial once, and it was like the director and was friends with a wardrobe girl, and they kept saying they thought they knew me from somewhere, and I kept kind of blowing it off because I was like, I don't want the agency <laughs> to hear about this because they will, you know, all they do is look for reasons to shut it down. Yep. Like they're just they just want everybody wants to be the one who catches the. Reason that they were yeah. all going to get in trouble and creates, you know, avoided a drama, situation. annoyance. So, yeah. um, we're like sitting there in the van on like the third day of shooting, and there were, you know, it's like the three of us in there, and the wardrobe girl turns around, and she's like, "We remember where you, where we know you from," and I was like, "Damn it!" And they were like, "We saw your documentary on Netflix," and I was like, "Ah!" And the director was like, "It's really good, man." And I was like, "Thank you, I appreciate that." And he, we kind of sat there, and I was like. We're not going to tell the agency about this, and they're like, "No, of course not. Are you? Kidding? We've already shot three days. They shut it down. Like, there's no way. Like, yeah. you're good." Which we, is so funny. Why are we so afraid of like of naughty parts? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it, you know we're shooting commercials. It's like, and if you see like, granted, sure, if you Google it, there's some weird stuff where it's like I did an interview with Rolling Stone. And it's like Patrick Mood talks about his penis problems, which like you know they don't want to be tagged in that. But right. if that gets someone to go and like go and watch the film first. And then make a decision on whether or not you want to can me just because I was right. involved in it. Because really, it's a movie about embracing your insecurities, being yourself, asking tough questions, you know, like finding the right person. It's it's really like an uplifting story. It's a message that, like, I wouldn't have done it if it was like, you know, ha, yardy yar, let's laugh right. at wieners, like, <laughs> right. you know, dick right. joke, dick joke, dick joke. But like, even if you had, who cares? I know, still. It's I, not... 
I just to me, and which goes to the point of why you're doing it. We we it's so we've 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 become obsessed, right, with with anything sexually related of like, yes. and that's it creates so much conservativeness of it and and fear of it and and insecurities of it. Well, and it's just so it's just funny to me that that would be something that could cost you jobs a and gig. When we all know that you can turn on the TV and you can you can blast you know fifty people with a rifle and they'd be like that's fine it's, you know that's I mean, America it's I mean, even like but, but the, penis or a nipple the idea that having a serious conversation or a real conversation about uh, about any of this sexuality and our bodies and stuff like that is out of bounds yet you turn on any music video on YouTube or you know anything that's marketed towards kids and we're throwing sexuality yeah. at them in this vague kind of nonsensical yeah. thing <clears throat> un, like unrealistic in these unrealistic terms like that's okay to objectify this whole thing and to make a profit off of it, but it's not okay to have a real conversation about it. Like twerking, that's, twerking's that's fine. Yeah, twerking, twerking's fine. Like, you know, it's like eight-year-olds who are on YouTube, like, and their parents are teaching them how to twerk, but then they're like, hey, what's sex? And they're like, shut up! Shut <laughs> exactly! Up. Just twerk and keep your mouth shut. Don't yeah. ask me anything difficult. Tonight on Dads. <laughs> <laughs> like an old man's. No, but it's, but it, no, it's, yeah. it's more of the hypocrisy of the fact yes, that I yes, think yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, I get it. He should be... The documentary should not be the cause of him not <clears throat> poor behavior. Sure, can be a cause of not getting a job, right? Yeah, but making doing movies. doing things inappropriately or harming people, uh, doing things that are illegal, those should be reasons, right? Why you don't get a job, right? Making a documentary, making a really successful movie that's got a should good not message. be the yeah. reason why yeah. this guy can't be seen in this commercial. But it's Completely people are agree. so surface surface level with so much stuff too. It's like they just see it and all they think is like, how is this going to affect me? Jerk on me yeah. negatively, and it's like, why don't you watch it? Take into consideration what it is, and then make a decision. And then, if you're like, "No, I think you're a weirdo, and we don't want to be associated yes. with a weirdo," it's like, right. "Okay, well then." Well, then they've been talking to your <laughs> old doctor. Listen, and that's not that's not the not. I've heard this before. It's fine. <laughs> I get it. You're not wrong. By the way, you were <laughs> referencing 9/11 earlier, <laughs> and so the last couple days, um, I was going through and trying to organize all my call sheets. I worked for over a decade on like hundreds of shows, and I never organized all my call sheets when I worked at this place called the Herald Examiner. And it's funny that you guys would bring up 9-11 because I Hilarious. found... No, no, it's just... <laughs> the, these, are, these are sides. I, I, the, the day before 9-11 and the day of 9-11 we were supposed to film, I was working on a television show called The Agency, uh -huh. which was about Agency. agents uh -huh. fighting terrorism. Oh, yeah, yeah. So everything in my building was like they had, like they had created terrorist sets and they had created like CIA like in, investigative stuff. And obviously, uh, you know... 9-11 happened, and everything got shut down, including this production, and I'll never forget how surreal it was. It's funny that I found this stuff. So you can see here, it's I found this thing. That we'll, I'll have John, you can post this, but it's revised sides for 9-13-11, which was the first day we were 9-13 uh, uh, of, of 2001, which was when that production, after a lot of discussions probably and rewrites, I mean, the world had just changed two days earlier, right, right. for this show. Which because of the subject matter that yeah. you're dealing with. Yes. And so it's just very interesting to me that I have all this stuff. And I'll, I, I just remember thinking about, like, what that, how surreal it was to be working on something like that when all that stuff is going down. And you're, you know, when we finally get back to work, 
everybody's walking around and that's looking quick... like what is happening on, mm-hmm. you know, is mirroring what's going on in our world at that time, which is so... And that's a quick turnaround. That's a quick 9-13. Yeah. Yeah, that is I mean, they didn't even start playing baseball again. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, SNL took a month off. Like, there was some time off yeah. there, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. I, and I always obviously remembered, you know... Were planes even in the air by nine thirteen? No, no, the planes were not in the air. I it was the it, the thing about where I worked downtown. You saw two things all the time. You saw a lot of airplanes because we were in the travel path, and you mm-hmm. saw a lot of helicopters because it's downtown. And yeah. during that time, um, downtown was dead because they pretty much all buildings were shut down. Yeah, no yeah. one was going. If you were basically a building of a certain height, you were not supposed to go to because until they figured out what the hell was, what going, was going on. on yeah. yeah. It was days before people were really feeling comfortable about going downtown even. But I had to go back to work. My building was very low. It was not the big of deal. It was right on the outskirts of downtown. And I, it just, it was surreal because, you know, going back to zombies, I mean, it was like, it was a dead zone. There was nothing going on there. We were there. And that's what made it surreal was these people were all dressed up, trying fighting terrorism. <laughs> And you're you're kind of like delivering remember, lines. Like as an actor, that would be crazy uh, as well, fuck. And I, I mean, remember we were talking about this. I believe they had like safety meetings and all this stuff that we had. They had to be careful about how much of the general public was exposed to what was going on here because people could misunderstand what was going yeah, what was going on. Sure. Completely freak out. Somebody and think about this. And this is not far fetched. People were like, "Where are my guns?" Like they were like, "Yeah, this is an apocalypse." And they're thinking to themselves. Good God, we got to be careful. Like somebody could think, you got somebody shooting a scene. We can start down the spreading what gun. people think is real information. Yeah, and having somebody come up with a real gun and be like, "I'll help." Yeah, yeah. no, I no, 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 it's not. No, it's not it. So it was just that whole thing was just. It was just interesting to find this. That's got to be crazy, being like a writer for the show too, or like a producer. Like, whoa, well, like, think oh about God, what do we do? Like, how do we, how do we handle this? Like, what do we? But literally... think about that when you watch those shows. Like even back in the day, they would use real. FBI's most wanted pictures of people like they yeah. would use on their their boards they were pinning up wherever they were you would see as set dressing pictures of you know if you watch the anything from the 70s ten. it's like Manson it's like there's there's pictures of wanted individuals and and Osama bin Laden's name has been in a lot of that stuff and pictures cuz that whole he's been a wanted you know terrorist I mean, for yeah, a very like long Yemen time and like, long I mean, before 9/11 yeah, they knew all about him. Yes, they you knew. Were, so if you were in 2016, you were 19? Two, no, no, 2016. Sorry, sorry, no, no. 16 years. So how old were you? So you were you were still in high school. Were you still in high school at 11? It was my senior year of high school. Uh, it was in September. Yeah, because I graduated in 2002. So junior year. Oh, it's junior year. Junior year of high school. I am old What's as that, fuck. So, well, and we haven't actually ever talked to anybody that act, that was in high school at that. I mean, what was that? I mean, being a high schooler and seeing that happen, I'm just curious. Like, I remember being in school when the Challenger, Challenger blew, blew up. up. Yeah. That was like, that's it. Yeah. So. And I remember being in, in high in, in college and turning on the TV when George W. Bush, I think, bombed Iraq. That's yeah. it. But that was somewhere else. This, OJ I wonder verdict. what it's like. My mom, I remember I was I was a junior in high school, but I was going to a community college as like a running start program. Like, And this is West Coast, right? So yeah, we're, yeah. we're behind, actually, when it yes. already happened. Were you still asleep at the time? I was still asleep. So my mom came and woke me up, and she never did that because I, I stayed in our guest house. I was a troublemaker, so I was like, I'm not sleeping in the house anymore. I'm sleeping in the guest house. And they're like, well, it's for guests. <laughs> Tough I'm like, guy. not anymore. <laughs> Fuck you guys. It's for me. No more guests. It's mine. I'm making decisions. Uh, You're an asshole, but okay, <laughs> whatever. We don't Just have time go yet. live out there. It's yeah. fine. Fine, just stop yelling yeah. at everyone. Um, and she came out and woke me up, which was uncharacteristic. And she was like, something's happening. Something's going on. You have to come and see this. And I was like, what? And she was like, planes are crashing. Like, 
And so I went in and we started watching it and then we saw the second plane hit the towers. And that was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, oh my God. That goes beyond like, that's a horrible accident yeah. to, oh, this looks like this, it's yeah, on purpose. Yeah, that's when you knew. there was Everything was yeah. questioning what was going on Didn't and then that happened on live TV. That was the beginning. I don't think I went to school. Or my mom was like, maybe you shouldn't go, maybe you should go. She was like, okay, just go. And then I just met up with my buddies and we ditched. Um, but I remember we continued to watch it throughout the day. And I do remember, because I was young and kind of impressionable, still, like, I was so angry. I wanted to join the military. Like, I remember there was only time in my life, but I felt very, you know, I'm like 16 years old, 17 years old, like, making those decisions. What can I do? Where can I go? And I was filled with this, like, intense patriotism. Like, really, really intense. Never had I wanted to do anything in the military. I'm liberal, very, you know, like, way he left. But, and even then, had, you know, my parents are hippies, so, you know, I had that kind of sensibility. But I was filled with this just, like, intense anger, and I really wanted to do something. I wanted to, like, get a gun and go to the desert and start, like, shooting people. But that's, you know, then... It came, then, you know, I graduated high school, and I remember then when we invaded Iraq, I was back to super liberal, like, just pissed, like, out, like, on the streets, like, well, no, because Iraq, at that point, it doesn't make were... any sense. It's like, I wanted to fight Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. We, they were going the wrong way. You're like, that's, guys, you took a left turn. You're and that's, sure. that's like, that's really a kind of a weird thing, too, is like, there were people that joined specifically to go to Afghanistan. And, yeah, they ended yeah. up and then they were like, no, 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 we gotta, no, no, we're because going. Osama. I mean, Saddam Hussein is. He's, but he's wait, bad what? Too. Wait a minute. But different bad, right? And honestly, that was if they were. They said back then, if you take out Saddam Hussein, you are going to create a new level void yeah. of terror. Well, it's crazy too the way that it was dealt with, because even at the time, like you see the way that people deal with politics now, and it's so divisive, and that like we've created now that every everybody's an enemy, even people within the United States. Like, yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. agree with me, you are the enemy. You're the problem. Like. I was so, I'm not an angry person. I'm not a brave person. Like, I'm not like a strong, like, I'm not like so a you're an edibles too, kick ass. Then. Yes, okay. absolutely. And you're on edibles too. Yeah, 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 I'm chill, man. I'm CBD, like, bros. Hey, everybody just chill out. Um, when you're that age, it's really easy to be manipulated by what you hear from oh, yeah. the people who are in charge. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because I was instantly like, I'm going to war. Like, I remember bringing it up to my mom. She's like, What? Are you smoking? Like, no, let's watch Saving Private Ryan and think about it. And the yeah. second, um, to answer your second question, Mom, this is what I'm smoking. I yeah. got this stuff done. Yeah, Here's a movie I like hot. to call Full Metal Jacket. You get back yeah. to me on how fucking much you want to go to war after this. <laughs> Write a thousand words on it and then tell me you want to go. Here's Apocalypse to Now for your yeah. enjoyment. Yes. Like, have fun. Here's Deer Hunter. Mm -hmm. Like, good God. You're really going to have some fun with these. Um, but it is, it was, it's interesting looking back now at what it kind of fired up in me. And it, it makes me scared for, you know, like younger people today, too, because it's like, how do you know what to be mad at? Like, yeah, you know, when I see, when I see like young kids like being full MAGA, like wearing the hat, I'm like, man, your parents did a number on you. I mean, and it's you're, like, you're so easy to manipulate. And it's, like, it's unfortunate because eventually I like to think that most of them will grow out of that yes. and go, Ugh. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. let's not, like, uh, somebody will find it in the back of their closet when they're yeah. an adult and they'll be like, put, put it back. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Like, should have burned it. It's going to be, a, it's gonna be uh, what they call a black mark uh, on the history pages. Yeah, well, no, in some areas. 
Sure. You have to always I, remember. I, I think eventually. I think eventually, though. Well, it's crazy because even uh, there are still people that are proud to I wave understand. a Confederate flag. I understand. I understand. And I'm talking eventually. I'm yeah. talking not in our the lifetime. The things that they're no. taught in. Talking, I, have, I have a friend who's a teacher in the South, and she's like, because I lived in Atlanta for about a year and a half. Um, we teach God and the Bible. And she's, yeah, she's like, some of the stuff I read in our history books, I'm like, that's not the way that you say that and at then all. Jesus like, said to Hitler, yeah. "Get out of Dodge, yeah. y'all." <laughs> That, that, they'll believe that, right, everybody? You really, <laughs> you really sugarcoated the whole slavery thing, Georgia, when you're history. And they were like, happy to come to America. Yeah, I know, like, I know. What the fuck? Yeah, there was like, you know, that period where they were, you know, indentured servitudes. That was just like a quick 200 years. Super like, that's, fun. <laughs> that's not... Well, Ugh. what are you going to do about that? But back yeah, to my no, mustache. Yeah, sure. Back oh, to yeah, your mustache, mustache is gone. gone. We're just talking about cancer. No, 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 no. no. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm just kidding. We don't have to get to my mustache. But anyway, I just I just found that stuff. The, that, other than that, like when I, I texted John a photograph when I laid out all of the call sheets, and John was like, you doing your taxes? And it did feel like that. Sure. I actually got to be honest with you guys. After, after I got them in the years, I was like, well, what I should do is, you know, chronologically order all these. Oh, I'm like, come yeah. on, dude. And that looked I realized, like there was a thousand in each pile. I think... There was, I didn't realize until afterwards, I think there in that was like over 500 different shows. And I was like, I'm not chronologically ordering. Dude. Let's just stick with it. Let's just stick with the year. And uh, stick with the year, three hole punch, put them in a binder. Not even. No. That's too much work. Just three hole punch and all that's just not worth it. I've gone through, I've done that because I kept all my call sheets from all the commercials that I've done and I have them in a folder. And I I don't remember why, but I was going through, I think when I was going through treatment, I did a lot of like just like Mm -hmm. Marie Kondo stuff, like, you know, getting rid of things that don't bring me joy. Um, And I came across the folder that has all of them. And it was actually an experience that, like, at first it started out like, good for you. Look at all the work you've done. You're such a good worker. You've done it all. And then I started flipping through it and being like, you've done a lot of work. You've been in a lot of commercials. You made a lot of money. You don't have anything to show for. Nah. Like, I was like, it started to get to the point where I was like, put it away. Like, this yeah. doesn't yes. bring me joy. And I don't like this at all. And yeah. that's how I felt about it. I was like, great memory recap. Yeah. And uh, then they just said, oh, we're done. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, and then they and, left forever, and, and I never and saw them again. And yeah. The story and got it. sad, damn it. Yep. Damn uh, it. I hope they lived happily ever after. And I tried to show my kids a couple, and they went cool yeah. and walked away. <laughs> what yeah, is that, paper? Get the fuck out of here, Here I thought, so I found, I have, like, some of the stuff I have is really unique. Like, I have... Um, the DP for Austin Powers, I have his, um, uh, the pictures, pictures, sorry, storyboards. Storyboard, yeah. That he's shooting off of. Oh, that's awesome. You know, because people, they, when they're done, they, you know, for them, and I show it, uh, I show it to my youngest kid who's seen Austin Powers. I'm like, look at this. Can you tell me what that's from? He's flipping. He goes, oh, it's Austin Powers. I go, huh? It's cool, huh? He goes, yeah. And then he just set it down and walked away. And I was like, (laughs) okay, well, maybe not. You know what else is cool? YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm out of here. Exactly. Exactly. But again, did he mean anything by it? No, but it's just, for, I was like, but this is like, this is cool. Yeah. Like, not a lot of people have these. But yeah. eventually, also, he will find that interesting. You no, know, like, he won't, and I don't care. No, 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 I don't. But I think I, as he goes, uh, you, as you grow and you become interested in things, you want to go the history of those things. If you're watching a comedy and you get into comedy, you want to know the history of comedy. Yes. You go backwards, you're like, oh, man, I remember when my dad showed me the awesome po- I mean, I'm not saying for sure. I'm saying... Huge possibility as your kids grow, they will become interested in what has led them to like the things that they like. All, and I'll let you have your opinion on this, but I just, I just want to say that lesson be learned, as I've talked about my next-door neighbor when he died, like he had a lot of amazing stuff and he had this life journey and people came in, threw it in a truck, and it went away. It's like, so you save it all and everyone goes, never mind. Now, does he know that? No. But my point is, I'm now hypersensitive about how much stuff that I'm placing value on because ultimately what it ends up becoming is other a piece of trash garbage. Yeah. 
in a truck that gets driven away when I'm not around anymore. You know, I've found this, th- like, because when I was a kid, I remember, like, my parents, we lo- they loved to go on road trips, and it would always be one of these things where it'd be like, my dad would, like, see something and be like, oh, my God, a national park where the battle between this, like, Native yep, American tribe check and these it terrible, out. you know, like, uh, bandits happened. Let's check it out! And, like, pull up, and he's, like, reading off things, like, isn't this cool? And it was like, no, man, this sucks. Like, this is so <laughs> stupid. Like, there's bugs so out here. Lame. It's hot. It's, it's hot as shit. Like, it's lame. I hate it. Like, my disc man's out of batteries. Like, can we just get to a gas station so I can tune all this out? But now as an adult, like, I found myself, like, I went and stayed. My brother and I have a podcast, and we, I wanted to go somewhere, so we raised money to send me anywhere that they voted on, and they voted on Intercourse, Pennsylvania. So I went to Intercourse, Pennsylvania. It's Amish country. I, I'm not okay, even Okay, first off, I'm assuming you're going to get to the irony of what? Intercourse? Intercourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amish? Yeah, it's Which wonderful. I, are they, they even breed. for it? Or they, they, they're, okay. breeders. Okay. they're breeders. They're breeders. They are breeders. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's... <laughs> yeah, they're oh, confirmed, members. John. Just confirmed. Just I confirmed. understand now. Got it. Now I understand. Just Continue. like that. Just like that. Do you There's think they voted to go to Intercourse in because of the name? Not because oh, of yeah, the name? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was 100% okay. because it was came down to that. We did, like, brackets, like tournament-style brackets, so every week people would vote on it. It was, like, Area 51, Ding Dong, Texas... Uh, Santa Claus, Indiana, and Intercourse. Butthole Butte. Yeah, if there if there was a fart Montana, you yeah, would have been there. Okay, right around Intercourse. There's also Blue Ball, Pennsylvania, and Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania, and I mean it's just like ridiculous names. But we but I got out there and it was like everything had history, like everything, and I was just like enamored by it. Where it's like people would be like telling me the thing and they'd be like, all right, that's it, and start walking, and be like, what? It's okay. Come back here. I got some more questions for you. When you say settled, do you mean yeah. like how do you mean who was it? But it's just I so you know, just to circle back around, like I think maybe they I think it takes time to realize how much value there is in the past. <laughs> like true. I just think that they don't I don't want to value everything sure. because they won't no. value everything yeah, and they don't water it down. And, and I have I, and I don't I, I I tell them as jokes their disinterest. <laughs> you know, I mean I have tons of air check tapes of me being on the radio. They listen to the radio. I thought they might have that sort of very simple connection of like, sure. wait a minute, you used to do that? Yeah. And they just are like, cool, moving on. And yeah. I'm like, fair enough, fair enough. Now that maybe someday yes. But also, I don't want to inundate them with everything no, that I felt can't was so be, important right, in life. Right, sure. Sure. They're not going to feel that same way, yeah. is what I'm saying. I'm not going to hold it against them. You know what you should do is you should Beat figure them? out like who they're... Yeah, okay, because yeah, that's children. the way to solve problems. Um, like, hit children? You should figure out who their favorite like YouTubers are and see if you can like get on one of their shows. And then just not tell them and just show up on one of these YouTube channels someday. Just Tell your kids I was on <laughs> Liza Explains It All or whatever yeah. that show is. I don't know what... what? That's a YouTube show. Oh, okay. You could hit up. You'd hit up YouTubers. Be like, I want to do this to to surprise my kids. They'll be like, Yeah, that's not happening, guy. It's I not, literally only go to YouTube to look up old stuff that people uh, somebody post, somewhere I has post cataloged. Post my own videos and then I get off. I used to post videos. I got on my own do. videos. Yeah. Hey-o. But I have Hulk farts. You <laughs> you appreciate it. I have Hulk farts. Hulk farts. Hulk farts. Nice. Uh, Nine point five million views on it, and really? all the comments are the best part about it. Oh mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. A 10 second video of toys farting. Toys farting, and people are angry that they. So me, mad. So mad. Them making a choice to you go see something I that specifically says time. in the title exactly what, what is. is going to happen. This is what it Hulk is. is going to fart. How did you be? How are you surprised by this? I'm. Yeah, I just. I am not. Uh, back to my mustache. So just so you know, not enough edibles on Sunday. Ended up getting into a little spat during our the championship <laughs> game with a parent on the sideline who apparently is good friends with Eddie Pence. 
and ran to Eddie after it went down. I was like, "What's up with that dude?" And, and I'm, you know, Eddie was like in classic Eddie form, trapped between two people, going, "Oh, oh!" And then I saw him talking to Eddie, and I was like, "Do you talk to some guy that like got into me in the sidelines, which he shouldn't have?" And he now admits it. So I texted Eddie yesterday when I found out that he used Eddie as a character reference when he got in trouble with the league. And I told Eddie, I'm like, be careful which side you take. I may never let you on our podcast again. And I'm like, and he's like, I got a, a nine other podcasts I'm doing. I don't need your stupid fucking podcast. But here's the all of that, just so you know, what I didn't realize when I got a little bit heated, I forgot that I had the mustache. And I'm thinking to myself, if Everyone's I was everybody else looking at the mustache guy. Who's this sure. angry guy who stepped out of a time machine? Yeah, because my mustache, I wore it for the kids because it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, And I thought to myself, I have no, whatever I was doing in that moment, right or wrong or angry, everyone's looking at me going, who is this weirdo? Mm -hmm. Solely based on the mustache. They expect yeah. you to get into a van with an airbrushed pornographic scene on the <laughs> sure. side of like, it. To bring it all, to back, bring it all back around. Is, well, you see the guy with the mustache <laughs> acting inappropriately, and they're like, this is probably the least inappropriate. Yeah, yeah this, yes. this guy's this done is, all his, week. This is his golden He's time. He's right now. It's so hard to wear a mustache. I mean, I know it's a thing. Like, some, you could get away. You could get a good mustache. I've, I've got a strong mustache. You do. I mean, it's like, I can't. Yeah, John would be borderline if he got oh rid of Oh my his God, beard. I would look like a psycho if I just had a mustache. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, some people, like, I can't. Grow, I can grow a mustache, but it doesn't favor me, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like for some people, they're like, you can get away with that. Me, they're like, you can't, no, please stop. Dude, my wife just saw pictures of me with a goatee the other day, and she's like, that is never Not happening again. Happening. <laughs> yeah, I, would you ever shave? We've talked about this before. Would you ever shave your beard? Sure, I you have. When it's was the last time, though? Uh, 2000, I think 2008. Okay, so that's a long time ago. Wow. Though. Because, I mean, for you, people would probably freak out a little bit because they've gotten so used to what you look in like. In college, even, I shaved my beard, and the guy I worked for at a liquor store showed up. He goes, oh, man, are you all right? And I go, what's wrong? He's like, you don't, you look like you, you look sick. And I go, what? Because you don't look well. And I go, I shaved my beard. He goes, oh. Cool, because he had cancer, and people it. said he looked great. Uh, you I shaved your shaved beard, they said you looked horrible. <laughs> that, by the way, I I have to I have to say, I am a huge Green Bay Packer fan. Does anybody ever tell you oh, you yeah. look like Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah. It took me a sec. Oh, you fucking nerds. Yeah. 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 That's not a nerd. I mean, you look a, no, a lot like Aaron uh, Rodgers. I, and is that ever has anybody ever mistaken you for Aaron Rodgers? Because so you, you're, you're a pretty big build guy, too. Yeah. Funny story um, about that. Uh, 2017, I guess. Uh, my brother and I were in Atlanta. He was on a radio show there. Packers were playing the Falcons in Atlanta. We went to this Packers rally to kind of, like, boost up the Packers for some reason. Because the guy on his radio show was, like, a curse, so they figured if they got him to go and be on, like, at this Packers rally, it would curse the Packers. Um, my brother gets off stage. I'm backstage, and he's like, I have this great idea. Let's take you on stage and tell them that you are Trevor Rogers, Aaron Rodgers' brother. And I was like, Brian, that is an incredible idea. I love this idea. So we went up on stage. We're like... Special guest, we have Aaron Rodgers' brother Trevor here, and so I run out, start discount double-checking all over the place. I'm, like, flexing, throwing footballs to people. Like, everybody's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Trevor Rodgers, Trevor everybody. Trevor Rodgers is here, everyone. Like, oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah, my brother is the man. Like, I love him. He's got a laser rocket arm, and he's handsome and wonderful. And then we get off stage, and Brian's like, let's keep this going. There's a bunch of people who want autographs. Go sign some autographs. And I'm like, okay, this, is, this idea is getting real. So yeah. go out. <laughs> Go out, stand there, just start signing autographs. T Raj, number zero. T Raj, T Raj, number zero. Number, number zero. zero. Okay, right. And uh, finally, it's so so funny. 
until my brother's like, oh boy. And I turn around and there's this little kid and his dad and he's oh, holding a football no. and he's Don't holding it up to me with these like doe eyes. And I'm just like, no, uh, no, I can't do that. My brother's like, sign the football, you pussy, sign it. And I was like, I can't. He's like, it's too late. You have to. Like, yeah. you, the kid's going to be all To bummed. explain it to the kid is not going to no, go it's well. it's not going to no. work. So I took it and I signed it T-Rodge number zero. And then I got cancer like six months later. So, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. And that's why you don't impersonate T-Rod. Don't do it. Don't mess with Aaron Rodgers. No, oh, my don't, God. Don't do it. Yeah. Pat, I really uh, want to thank you for coming by and um, yeah. sharing your story. And also, ideally, I appreciate the mission of sort of getting people to pay attention and get checked out and do... Do everything. See a doctor and get second opinions. And yes, especially if some asshole's been treating you for fucking hemorrhoids for eight years and oh, whatever. I that mean, guy, and nobody me knows your body better than you, and your yes. doctor doesn't know your body better than you. At the very least, living with the stress of thinking that either something wrong with you is enough it, to should be enough to get you to go. And that stress will bottle up and do other things yes. to you if it's not giving you what you think you already have. Yeah, it'll fuck your ass up. Yeah, literally. They're right up. Yep. Literally. Now, is that the catchphrase? That's where we're working on. We're working on that. Like, you know what? It'll like, fuck you know, your ass man, up. Butter. You know what, T-Raj? We've had enough of your help with the, T-Raj. the, 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 the foundation. Um, so, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the foundation and yes. the stuff that they gave you and how are you spreading the word, and what if there is somebody out there that is genuinely interested, how do they get involved with you, or do they bring you guys to be... You're um, talking about you guys go around and yes. do talks? and So Fight Colorectal Cancer is the um, is the group that I'm working with. You can find them um, on social media, at FightCRC. Um, I really appreciate what they're doing because a lot of it has to do with uh, research, so trying to figure out what's going on, trying to figure out how to fix things, and legislation. So... We, they do a lot of work with trying to push these legis- legislative agendas, get bills passed and things that make it easier for younger people to get colonoscopies, make them more accessible, that get um, other kind of benefits going towards the research and the funding, um, because it is a huge problem. It's, it's on the rise in younger people, and it's just kind of underplayed. Yeah. Um, so in March, they do a call on Congress where all of us go to D.C., and we go and we talk to people on the Hill and kind of push these different agendas and different bills that we're kind of getting behind with different local Congress people. Um, we're also, my brother and I are going to sh- do a show while we're out there, so that'll be kind of the culmination of, of the shows that we're doing leading up to that. Oh, nice. um, show dates will be coming up. They're kind of sparse. We're still working out where we're going to be, so at uh, Pat Moot is all of my social media, Twitter, um, Facebook and uh, and Instagram, and I'll be posting updates. M O O T E, yeah, P A T M O O T E, um, and uh, and fight CRC. You can donate through. I have links on my social media accounts, or you can go and look at some of the other stuff. They also have grassroots organizations. So within LA, there are organ like different factions of people you can get involved with. Get on email lists and see what they're doing and what's coming up next. Um, there are some other great. Uh, organizations that I, I plan on working with, but right now I'm trying to just focus on on fight CRC and going through the whole process with them of being an ambassador. Um, because on top of on top of you know feeling like feeling like I'm doing the right thing with this story and, and wanting to be an advocate with them and help them in their mission, I've also met some pretty incredible people yeah. um, who are going through the same thing. Makes me realize once again how lucky I am because you know there was on the hike that we did in Colorado, there was a guy. 
uh, named Evan, who's incredible. You know, he's 28 years old, stage four. He had a pump implanted in his stomach that was that was putting chemo on his liver because the cancer had spread to his liver the entire time. And we went and hiked like a mountain. And he did this. He did this while he was in treatment. Like I mean, Jesus. and it was and that, it was that kind of like strengthening. Another girl named Lauren, um, who has two kids. One of them is you know she. I, she has two kids. They're both young. One of them has medical issues as well, um, and she was stage four as well, is going through, you know, like her second year of treatment right now. Ugh. And is, you know, when they're positive, they're strong, you can tell that there's their soul has been, you know, has, has suffered from all of this, but through that you see just like this incredible strength and this will to live and this will to like spread the word and help other people and make this situation a positive one. And I think that's kind of what it all boils down to for me in this whole thing and the people that I see who are thriving with the disease and beating it is that they're always trying to make it, make the positive out of it. What is, what is, yes, this sucks. It sucks. Inherently it sucks. It's not fun. It's not great, but, but it can't all suck. You know, there's gotta be some stuff to it. That's positive. That's happy. That's, that's healthy. And, and I see so much of that now in people who are in situations that were way worse than mine and they're still fighting through it. And that's kind of what's been, really eye-opening about this organization in general is how they bring those people in and just use those stories and that kind of like passion, determination, motivation, and strength to kind of like push to, you know, to generate this momentum for the organization. So um, couldn't be happier to be working with them. Check them out. They're doing all kinds of new stuff. Um, and, and I'm also constantly kind of pushing their, their narrative and, and their goals and objectives. Well, it's awesome. I looked up hashtag Trevor Rogers on Instagram to see if any pictures showed up. You're safe, so you're okay. So that you have Thank not God. crushed that child's dream yet. No, no. Just, there's just... a picture of me as I signed the football too, and you can see the look on my face where it's like, "This is on. This is I can't undo this." And my brother's <laughs> behind me. My brother's behind me, just laughing like he's just loving every second of it. Hey, but can I be honest with you? You did sign a football. You do. You you had a famous documentary. Yeah, about, sure. So I mean, that kid does have a football from a famous documentary. Signed who, a fake name. Yep, it's one of a kind. It is exactly. literally. I'll never do it again. That's it's that was a one-time thing. I won't you, do it again. What's called the, a rare artifact? Yes, it is. It is. It's like, a, it's like a baseball card with a misprint. And I'm assuming uh, everything else you're talking about is still being documented along the way as well. Correct? Yes. Are you still in the midst of the documentary? So a yeah. lot of these things you're talking about doing DC, the performances, it's all, all of this the, stuff. It's all gonna be part of the documentary. It's all part of the amazing. documentary. I mean, the documentary shifted. We realized that just one guy talking about his experience isn't necessarily the most interesting. A lot of people have cancer. A lot of people have been through it, and every single one of them is a badass and a warrior and has a very interesting story to tell. What's becoming about now is how do you use comedy to start this conversation? Yeah. Um, and that's where we're at, is is basically trying to, you know, I'm dead set on trying to get people to laugh at cancer. I, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, to me, that's how I got through it. It was funny. I had ass cancer. That has got to be the funniest kind of cancer. And that's, you know, that's the way that I dealt with it. And that's the message that I want to spread and the story that I want to share. And part of that story now is me going up in Atlanta and eating it in front of 400 people and being told that people don't want to laugh at cancer. But that's like, part of the journey, it though. It is. You know? And that's why it's part of the documentary, yeah. too. You know, is to hang on to that. We got a five-camera shoot at this place of me just absolutely bombing. Like, wow. I mean, we have really nice footage of me eating it. You can Amazing. see the sweat running down my Amazing. Awesome. When you get up there, can I ask you a question? Yes. I, would you be willing to put on an Aaron Rodgers jersey and pretend that I just met you today so I can, when I show my, pick my kids up to sure. school, I want to see if they they can actually sure. 
figure it out. I'm, you're a weirdo. <laughs> Come on, dude. I'm, yeah, no, 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 no. Aaron, no. You like Aaron Rodgers? It's like a good buddy. idea. Can I? Can you put on Aaron Rodgers and I pretend I'm punching you in the face and then I can show my friends yeah, I that I punched it. Aaron Rodgers in the oh, face? Yeah, way to turn it violent. Mine is. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, or we could put on Aaron Rodgers jersey, <laughs> huh? That's, oh, oh, he's, he's doing, doing the thing. thing. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Thing. I'm talking about some fucking. Come on. Some fun. All right, thank you so much for sharing. Dude, yeah, yeah Pat, course. thank you so much. We'll no, put this links awesome. up. We'll put links up to all this stuff as well because uh, it, it is important. Yeah. Um, and then uh, best of luck on everything. Thank and you. I'm, you know, cancer free at this point. Um, and doing everything I can to try and help other people have a, you know, a good outcome from a similar situation. I mean, I really do appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's an honor. John, when you asked me, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So um, You just didn't realize you'd have to go into someone's basement? You know, I figured. I've done a like, podcast You before. said studio. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I really appreciate you guys. And, yeah, um, you know, let's... Pat Mood, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, check out the links when we post the show. And donate if you can. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 